0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Fantrax Radio Network. Fantasy sports
1: lives here.
2: Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by the Fantrax Podcast Network. I am Pat Donovan. Joining me as always is the man who is licking his wounds after I gave him a vicious, Beatdown this week, Nick Licatino.
0: Yeah,
1: you beat the champion. Congratulations.
2: You're not, you're not the champion.
1: Well, I'm the champion in our football league.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the man who benefited from that beatdown, Joe Saunders. I'm in the playoffs, baby. Live yeah. standing. Hashtag live standing.
1: Yeah, he is the man, Joe Saunders. The kid is drinking beer tonight. I got, my fat, I
3: got my fat tire. Just,
1: just sipping some beer.
0: Yeah,
2: we popped huge when Jill broke out the beer tonight. Yeah. Which means we're going to have a great show, and we're going to kick it off with the news and notes. And we're going to kick it off with the man that Nick couldn't wait to speak about, Noah Syndergaard. Sounds like he's going to be back this weekend. What are your expectations? The price has probably gone up with the return scheduled. Are you still buying Cindergarten?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I wasn't that excited to talk about Cindergarten. I just mentioned that we should talk about Cindergard May- because... It's, it's July. This
2: is the first time in the entire year you've requested that we talk about somebody on the podcast.
1: True. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm, listen, I'm excited because, listen, what I did this year, for everyone who doesn't know, is I bought a lot of guys who were, on, who, were, who were struggling. I bought a lot of guys who were injured, and I like to buy low every year, and it always pays off, usually pays off, as I am the most winning champion in our league. Just had to mention that. Tied. Um, well, tied with that, <laughs> two championships more than Joey. Four
3: Um, championships more than me. In total. But
1: anyway, anyway, yeah. So I bought Cindergar when he first got injured, um, with the idea that listen, bottom line is this: he's the kind of guy who second half of baseball. Once we got the All Star break, he could very well be the best pitcher in baseball or top three. He's got just some of the best stuff around. Uh, Before the injury, he was great. One point one eight whip. The K's were good. the, The ratios were good. He was strong. Uh, hopefully there are no reoccurring issues with the finger. I don't I really don't think they will be. They gave him a pretty lengthy period of time off. Um the Mets, you know, played this one safe, not like the last one. They played this one safe. And I think he's gonna be alright. Uh, I would have liked to have honestly seen them wait until after the all-star break. Like why throw him in a game before the break? Like give him the extra time, but I I'm okay with it. He's back this Friday and I'm excited. He's gonna be great. Joe, do
2: you have anything to add?
1: No.
3: Do you know?
2: are, are you willing to buy him right now, assuming there is any sort of discount, or are you in strict wait-and-see mode?
3: No, I'm perfectly okay with buying.
2: Yeah, I would buy as well. Um, there's the risk of re-injury, of course, but he's the type of player that can win you the league, as, as Nick laid out pretty clearly. So I think we're all buying and we're all looking forward to that return.
1: What did I, what did I trade for Syndergaard?
2: I don't remember. Um, all right, let's move to Gleyber Torres on the DL with a hip strain. He's set to begin a rehab assignment. What are your thoughts on his injury, Joe?
3: Oh, it sounded minor in nature and precautionary at best. Um, I think really he just needs a stop gap with uh, playing time, or if you need a stop gap um, and you just need some playing time, guys. Um, Camargo or Goodrum or guys to fill the at-bats for now.
2: Yeah, I like the Goodrum call. Nick, what do you think?
1: Yeah, it seems like it's really not uh, that serious. Aaron Boone's come out, and he said since the beginning of the injury that Gleiber will be right back, and um, I, I'm not worried at all. He'll be fine.
2: I'm, I'm actually a little concerned. I mean, the hip is involved in everything, and mobility is especially important for a middle infielder. And – the Yankees weren't cautious initially. They they rolled him out there. They tried to let him play through it. And this seems like a pretty quick turnaround for me. If he's going to be back, um, you know, right after the break, it just seems that it might behoove them to give him give him a little more time, especially considering the fact that I mean they're, you know, running away with a, at least a playoff spot. Um, if he comes out hitting, your instinct is probably that you should hold and that he'll be productive the rest of the way. But as I said last week, I, I think in redraft, you've probably peaked with Glaber. Um The league will start to adjust to him a little bit, and now he's got this injury thing as well. So I, I actually think I'm on the sell side here. Um, hmm. Wow. You know, and, I th- and I think you can probably get quite a bit for him at this point. All right, let's move to Tyler Skaggs on the DL with a groin injury. He may return Thursday. Do you think it's a good time to buy Skaggs, or are you staying away from the oft-injured starter?
1: Nick. Uh, I like Skaggs, uh, but groin injury with pitcher is a little scary. Another guy, I don't know why they're like rushing him back. Like I think that we all kind of agree that when the All-Star game is a week away, wouldn't you rather these guys just rest until after that? I mean, we're all kind of on board with that idea, right?
2: Yeah, like, I think, yeah, I would think it would be wise for them to wait.
1: Yeah, but um, he's been great this year. The ratios are really good. Um, he's just not walking guys anymore. We were all on boards with, with Skaggs uh, and spring training, so I, I think he'll be all right. But I'd be a little cautious because groin injuries are reoccurring, um, and uh, yeah, I, I would. I, if, if you're gonna buy, I would definitely not sell a reliable piece.
3: Okay, so let me give you two deals that I looked up um, that were recently done. Um, so Skaggs and Mancada for Rendon. Which side would you rather have?
1: Rendon.
2: I think I'd rather have Rendon. I agree with you both.
3: How about Skaggs and Bregman for Freeman and Cueto?
1: Skaggs and Bregman for F- F- Freeman? What Freeman?
3: Freddie.
1: Oh, Freddie. Not even close.
3: Is it not even close?
1: What was the What was the deal?
3: Skaggs and Bregman,
1: not even close.
3: Yeah, I I think I'd rather have
2: Freeman Cueto, but for me it's not. I I don't react as strongly as Nick does. I'll put it that way.
3: Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I'm okay with having the best player in Freeman, but it's definitely closer than not even close. Yeah, Bregman's been
1: red hot. Yes. By the way. FYI, Cody Allen just had a Fernando Rodney-type outing. He was up two runs and gave up six and blew the save.
2: Well, that's good for our points league, Joe. Yeah. I guess we just wasted Trevor Bauer's start. Just like yesterday, we wasted Danny Duffy's. Josh Hader giving up two bombs. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Jerks.
1: <laughs> hey, the roast is coming. We'll get all that out. A lot uh, of anger.
2: Like, Skaggs? I've always been a fan of talent. He's been fantastic this season. There's no question about that. But this is the second time the injury's reared its head, so I, I would be tempted to to cash in on that good start and try to move him, given the overall strong numbers. Based on the tricks that Joe threw out, I think the market is there. So I mean, now knowing the market, you know, are you are you more inclined to sell now that you see that there's, you know people
3: actually willing to buy. Uh, hmm, well yeah, I mean we we liked both of the other sides aside from skags. So, yeah, I think I mean, I like skags, but if you can get one of one of the these upper tier pieces, you know, with another side piece and throwing in the skags, I think you got to do it.
0: Nick?
1: Yeah, yeah I agree.
2: Okay, big news. Kyle Tucker gets the call in Houston. Joe, I'm going to let you take this one first. What do you make of the prospect? And Fab is probably run, but how much were you looking to spend in terms of percentage that you had left?
3: Sure. So, uh, I guess um, someone had asked you on Twitter today um, what you've seen from Tucker so far. Um, so, we all know he absolutely destroyed AAA, and he got the call up, obviously. Um, he had a real tough time on his on in his first game picking up uh, James Shields slider, um, but I still expect pretty big things today. He had a double. Uh, he went the opposite way on a fastball, um, and he had a stolen base, so he he flashed some of that speed, some of that pop. Um, he's he's so far looked like he's done a pretty good job of handling um, fastballs. It's the uh, the breaking stuff, like I mentioned. Shields a slider specifically, he's uh, he's had a tough time picking up, but uh, you know he he crushed so well that I expect him to make adjustments quickly. Also, he's got John Cena's uh, John Cena's music as his walk-up music, so he's the man.
1: Wait, awesome. who is this? Is that awesome? Wait, that's Tucker's. Yeah, that is phenomenal. Yeah, so
3: he's the man.
1: That is uh, so good.
3: Yeah, so. Since we don't know for sure when Vlad is coming up, um, he, was just, he was just promoted to AAA today. But since we don't know for sure if and when he's coming up, I think Tucker does make a good bet to blow a lot of your fad budget on. Um, in our home league, I spent uh, all of my remaining FAB budget. I mean, it's a little bit of a keeper league, so um, things How are much? different. But if I had to, um, I'd probably say in the range of like 40% Oh wow! safely good investment yeah
2: yeah I think taking the keeper context out of it I'd even be a little higher um I mean obviously in the keeper context you're spending more but I think I would be above Joe in the keeper Mm. context I think I'd probably spend about half um because this is one of your last real chances at an impact prospect Um, yes you know it's it's him it's Jimenez and it's Vlad and I don't know how keen Toronto and Chicago are going to be in calling these guys up. Now I know it seemed like Vlad was right on the cusp a couple of weeks ago and then he got hurt. And, you know, maybe you think it'll just be, you know, two weeks and then he's up possible. But, you know, when it was a few weeks ago, when people were considering the possibility that Vlad would get called up, Toronto was much closer to, you know, some point of contention and they've fallen off since. So, I don't know that they're going to rush him up. I don't know that the White Sox are obviously out of it. I don't know that they're going to rush Eloy up. Um, Tucker is going to play in Houston, or he's going to get traded somewhere. Uh, the more likely, the more likely scenario is is that he's going to play in Houston, in an excellent lineup. That lower in that lineup, yes. But we've seen McLever. You know, if a guy can come up and hit, hitting in the bottom of an excellent lineup they can still put up the numbers that that you like and he's also doesn't in terms of intangibles, he doesn't have the pressure on him to hit right away batting lower in the order. I mean, he's hit everywhere in the minors. The talent isn't questioned. Um, you know, he can run a bit, he's got pop, he's going to hit for average. Um, you know, there's always questions with prospects. Do they, does their adjustment period start right from the start? It's very difficult to tell. Um, But I think he's got the skills where he could hit right away, and I think it's an excellent role and position for him in Houston. Uh, Nick, what do you think?
1: Um, Yeah, he looks good. Uh, The power, speed, potential is is there. Um, The fact that he gets on base so much. Uh, In 2018, AAA, so far, 371 at-bats. He's got a 371 OBP, which is really sexy. He could take a walk, which we all like, and he doesn't strike out that much. Um, he didn't strike out that much in the minors. Obviously, the 27% K rate, I think he's going to come down. We all believe that it will. Um, so I like him, but I kind of—I have a question. So you mentioned the main, <clears throat> the main guys, the big names. Just out of curiosity, what do you guys think? Because uh, I think he's going to be up soon, and I keep and I say it to, um, you know, my friend, our friend John, who's Yankee fan. My friend Chris is Yankee fan. I think Sheffield. I think Justice Sheffield is going to be up soon. Do you guys – is he even close to this class of player that you've mentioned so far or not? No.
2: No, and even if he does get called up, it's likely in a relief role. And if it's not in a relief role, they'll shut him down for his innings.
1: Okay.
2: I mean, you know, uh, remember too. They're going to add a starting arm, so.
1: <clears throat> well, listen, we, we're dealing with a lot of injuries right now, and we have struggling pitchers. Who is we? The Yankees, the Yankees. The Yankees, this Yankees, my, my team. Um, you know we're dealing with struggling pitchers like Sonny Gray, who is just ridiculous, and who knows if Jordan Montgomery is going to be uh, going to be healthy when he comes back. But uh, listen, I, Sheffield has worked his way already to Double A AA and Triple A, and he's been really good in Triple A so far. He's showing better command. I just think that he's going to get the call sooner than later. I don't know why you would think he'd be in the bullpen. I, we our pen is completely stacked, and we need a starter. So we are you in the second half? If he comes up, I don't know if there will be an innings limit as well. Yeah, but I'm with
3: Pat in that you need a starter, but you need a real impact starter. You can't just go with a guy like Justice Sheffield and expect to win.
1: Well, well I, do you know I, how many I mean, innings he had last year? Okay, but we're in 20 – what does what last year matter?
2: Because last year's innings total will dictate where they're the to shot him down this year.
1: It was 93. Yeah, he threw, like, 95 innings last year. So but so yeah, so he's he right like, 130,
3: 140, and so he's yeah. got 70, he's got 85. So, yeah, he's got, like, another 85 innings or so. Not All even. Right. Yeah, not even.
1: Like, All
3: 55 so, innings. Yeah, like,
1: 55 innings. All right, well, listen, my my question was, where do you guys rank him? If he was to come up and start his role, you don't think he's even close to those guys. I, was, I just wanted to gauge your idea on him. I think he's going to be, like, ridiculously good. I'm kind of waiting for it, but...
2: I'm actually kind of high on him, too, as a pitching prospect. But, no, he's not in that class.
3: Yeah, okay. I mean, Vlad, Eloy, I mean, even Tucker's a, a step below even then. Well, I know he's not I in mean, that class. I these are, like, generational-type talents we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I know he's not in that class. I just uh, Pitchers are usually more valuable than hitters, especially right now. There's a lot of struggling pitchers. The pool is a little bit more shallow. And as far as spending half your budget... You've got some good young pitchers coming up. I don't know. I think that – I think for Tucker, like, Pat's over 40%. That's a little rich for my blood.
2: All right, let's move to Yasiel Puig. He's on the DL with an oblique injury. After a slow start, Puig has picked it up. What do you think about him going forward?
1: Ah, the oblique. Stay away from me, oblique injury. Stay far away. I do not like you. You – Hinder the power, and you come back again. So yeah, with Puig, I'm worried. He was already off to a you know a pretty mediocre start this year, and That's you know, he started. Gross. To, what do you mean? Well, he started to come around as of late, but yes, to start the year he was terrible. That's true. Um, but um, you know the the oblique is bad, especially for someone if you're relying on him to get you power. If you thought this was the year where he would eclipse 30, uh, you're gonna have some trouble with that. I would shop him around, see what you could get. At this point, you're probably not going to get much. Um, but if you're looking for a replacement, I like Jesse Winker right now. He's been absolutely ridiculous. He's getting on base like a madman. But in the last month, he's a 906 OPS and a 423 batting average. All right, all right. We're going to we're gonna get to Jesse
2: Winker later. All
1: right. all right. All right. Well, and then all right, one more guy I'll throw in. since I can't talk about Jesse Winker. God forbid. Uh, Matt Adams is back in the DL. Um, he's a guy that if, if you're phasing a righty, you start him automatically. He has a 291 batting average right now, and somehow he's only uh, uh, 34% owned. He's a 925 OPS. So get him in your lineup. Start him against righties, bench him against lefties, and you will get a nice, handsome reward.
3: Okay, so I'm the Pleague owner, and I'm far less concerned than Nick is. It's a grade one strain. Um, They have a lot of uh, bats that they can use to replace Pleg, so they probably won't need to rush him back. Um, Sure, he'll lose... You know, probably around a month of playing time, which sucks. But it passes through the all-star break, so it's not the worst thing. Um, and he's essentially right where we sort of thought he was going to be at the start of the year. Everyone but me and Nick. me, Nick, you and I were very high on Puig. But his full-season pace is something like 25 home runs, 15 stolen bases, 75 runs in RBI, and a 265 average, which is like sort of what you paid for in Puig. Um, all those hard-hit balls finally started to land for hits, um, and again, since it's just a grade one strain, I- I'm really not that worried.
1: Yeah, but like the power is already like down a bit on the year. Sure. So you don't think that the oblique is going to hinder it even more going forward? Or you're just you're just not worried at all about the oblique injury?
3: Uh, I'm really not worried at all. Ooh.
2: Yeah, I'm actually with Jill on this one. Um, you know, normally I'm like Nick, obliques, I'm completely out. But I'm in buy mode on Quig. I, I don't think it's that serious. It passes through the all-star break, so he's going to have the time that he needs to recoup and recover. Um, he's not going to lose that much volume because of the all-star break. And, you know, as far as his performance, it, this is a case where Quig's and the Dodgers' slow start kind of swallowed up his full season in line over the last two months. He's essentially a 300 hitter with 10 homers. Um, and the Dodgers, you know, are as hot as could be. So I, I think that the counting production will be there when he gets back. And it's sort of Matt, that full season line sort of brings him down. I mean, on Fantrax he's the 51st outfielder. On ESPN, he's the 48th. He's 56th on Yahoo!, so the overall value isn't there. He looks disappointing to whoever owns him. Um, that combined with the injury might allow you to get him at a significant discount.
0: Yeah. Now, if you're
2: looking for short-term replacements, Derek Dietrich, 49%, Brendan Nimmo, 43%, Austin Meadows, 22%, Scott Schebler, 21%, and Steve Fiscotti, who we're going to talk about later, at 18%. Those are ownership totals in 12-team leagues. So there are guys out there that you can fill the void with, for a few weeks while Puig is out. Nick, you had something to say?
1: What's
3: on? No, no, right. Let's move on. Well wait, wait, real quick, what's the deal with Meadows' uh ownership still being so low? Yeah,
2: that is low. I think people are nervous about the playing time. Yeah. And I think he's hit a little bit of a rut in terms of the power and the speed.
3: Yeah. Okay. That's fair. It's still probably too low though. Yeah, agreed.
2: Uh Sean Doolittle hit the D L. He's got a toe issue on his left foot. Who is your target, Calvin Herrera or Ryan Madsen? And what is Doolittle's outlook going forward? Joe, why don't you kick us off?
3: Sure. Uh, This is all about what have you done for me lately. Madsen's been awful, and Herrera's been okay since becoming a net. I'm almost positive that Herrera got the official call um, as the, the, the closer in place. Yeah, I don't know if it's official,
2: but I think the beat writers were saying that he would be, so...
3: To the extent that's official. Okay. I'd ex- I'd still expect Doolittle to come right back into it once he's back.
1: Yeah, and uh I I think it's I think it's Herrera going forward. Madsen's definitely had his ups and downs and has been wildly inconsistent. Uh he's had some pretty blow-up bad outings. Uh Herrera will will uh be the closer going forward until Doolittle gets back, and when Doolittle gets back. I would just put him right back in. Um, This toe toe issue does not sound that serious, so I think I'll be fine after the break. Go out and buy him now.
2: Yeah, I I specced on Herrera heading into the week when I saw that Doolittle was hurt um, and dealing with something just on the off chance that Doolittle got placed on the DL, uh, and he has. So, I mean, I I managed to cash, and I think Herrera is the guy um, while Doolittle is out. But I'm a little more concerned about Doolittle than you guys are And it's got to do with his history. He's a player that has struggled to stay healthy. And he's also a player that when he gets hurt, the injuries tend to linger and nag. So I wouldn't be shocked if this is a situation where, you know, they've said it short term. He comes back, he struggles, he aggravates it again, and he's on and off the DL the rest of the way. So, As as a person who owns Herrera now myself, even when Doolittle gets back, I'm going to hold Herrera for a week or so um, after Doolittle gets back just to wait and see to make sure that Doolittle is all the way back. Because I I do think there is some potential here that Herrera comes into saves again down the road and perhaps in a more long-term capacity. Um, And I don't think the Nats would replace Herrera with an addition Uh, They might add to their bullpen, but, um, you know, if Doolittle was out long-term, I think Herrera would be the guy. I mean, he's closed for a World Series winner before. So, um, you know, I I don't think that they would be looking to move him out of the role, um, you know, if Doolittle was to go down. (laughs) Okay, Abby Garcia was red hot, but he's back on the DL now with a hamstring injury. What did you make of his success, and are you stashing him? And as far Uh as stashes go, would you rather stash Abby Garcia or Ryan Braun?
1: Yeah, I would definitely rather stash Braun, uh, with obviously Garcia. Um, he right now has a 1.4% walk rate. (laughs) and That's a little bothersome to me, especially if you are in an OPS league, that's, that's a big shot. Um, but yeah, he was red hot. He was hitting home runs, but at the end of the day, I think with Sale, he is what he is. Um, which is like a twenty home run guy and you know middling batting average. I think twenty seventeen was a bit lucky. The Babbitt was like four hundred and he batted three thirty. That was ridiculous. That's not happening. Man. Um, so yeah, I am uh, I am out on Abascal. When it comes to comparing him or Ryan Braun, it's not even close. It's Braun all all day long. The team is better. Everything is better.
3: Yeah, Braun, Braun's like kind of sneaky under the radar. I mean, I know he's batting two thirty. He was batting 235 but he's got 10 home runs and seven steals it's kind of like twig but 30 points less than batting average which uh it's kind of nice
2: and you can kind uh, of assume that, that batting average is going to come up too yeah yeah, it's
0: going to
3: come up. yeah so i mean yeah i'm with you nick it's Braun, even with potential playing time crunches um the category juice is just there and he's a better player
1: and he's got, and he still has the back speed. Like don't think cause he's old, he's yeah. losing it. Like that's right what now, I'm
3: he's just a better player.
1: Exit Velo is 92 on the year. So
2: yeah. Avi Garcia has that Jonathan scope profile that I just cannot get into. Um, low walk rate, high swing strike rate, bad contact rate. Um, I mean, his O swing percentage is 46%. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. Um, and, you know, the, the, the thing that he's been doing is hitting bombs. But I mean, on the season, his homer to fly ball rate is 38%. Um, that's not sustainable. I, I just don't know that there's a lot there. And as Nick said, you know, if you're looking at like an OBP or an OPS format, he doesn't walk. So he's not giving you anything there. He's entirely relying on, um, you know, either an obscene homer to fly ball rate or an outrageous Babbitt. And he could be a plus Babbitt guy, but he's that doesn't mean he's going to have a 400 Babbitt or close to it. So um, you add that in along with the injury, uh, it's definitely broad for me. And, you know, even, you know, going forward, if Avi came back, he'd still be a guy I think I would try to avoid because I just don't know that the juice is worth the squeeze um, in the long term. Okay, that's going to move it to our buy low targets. Nick, give us your first buy-low
1: target. All right. So this, this is a real buy-low. Uh, I'm going to throw out Luke Weaver. Um, this is a guy who right now is like, he's under 70% owned and going into the year, a lot of people had high hopes from him, especially me. Um, I believe both of you guys were a fan, just probably not as crazy as I was about him. Correct or incorrect? Correct. Correct. Okay. So with Weaver, um, I think we're going to have something very, very simil- a similar to last year where he was absolutely ridiculous. Um, in the second half and just absolutely lights out because right now in the month of July, the velo is higher than it's ever been in his entire career. Uh, he's averaging 95 miles per hour with the four seamer, um, as opposed to 94 the entire year up until July. And last year he was at 93 pretty much the entire year. The year before that 2016 in a quick stint, he was at 92. So the velo is as high as it's ever been in his entire career. Um, he made a little change to the pitch mix, and it didn't work. He's throwing the change up, and it sucks. He needs to, at the all-star break, ch- junk that friggin' stupid pitch and get and figure out what he's got to do because the, the the control and command are ridiculously good. He's got good breaking stuff, and now he's got a 95-mile-per-hour fastball out of nowhere. So he could be absolutely dangerous with that thing. If this guy is pumping 95 miles per hour, he is going to crush so buy him now. I, I think the price is going to be very reasonable. Um, I, I, Joe, if you could pull up some some trades while, while Pat goes, that would be really nice. I'm really curious uh, what people are offering for Weaver at the moment. But uh, he's, been, he's been like Luis Castillo up until now. A complete disappointment. But one really good outing, his last outing. And going forward, I think he's going to be a beast. Nick, listen –
3: I'm going to let Pat go first, but I'm a professional. I have the trades already lined up. Nice. Nice. So, Pat.
2: Yeah, okay. He's definitely a player I can buy. Uh, The preseason hype was really high, um, but he hasn't been the same pitcher, in my opinion. The grounders have shifted. The control has gotten worse. The walk rate's up. The caper caper nine is down. um, And the swing strike rate is flat. So, there was a lot of discussion about Weaver before the year began as to whether or not he would be able to keep, um, you know, the K rate as, you know, 10 plus per nine with a sub 10% swing and strike rate. Um, that seems to have been answered in the first half this year. Um, he had a very nice start against San Francisco this weekend. Um, and after he's gone away from the curve, he's brought it back the last three starts. So I wonder if he was struggling with the feel for the pitch early in the year. Um, and in that last start, the curve averaged about two miles per hour slower. Um, than it was earlier in the year. I wonder if that's a legitimate change that could help the pitch. Um, the rest of the pitches well, has be fine in terms of the miles per hour.
1: I mean, yeah, if he's throwing a 95-mile-per-hour before now with an 80-mile-per-hour curve, that's going to be dangerous. And what do, you, what do you think about the increase in velo?
2: I mean, anytime a pitcher can add velo, it's usually a good thing. Um, the only time it's not is if they can't command it, and that's never been an issue with Weaver. Um, you know, he's never really struggled with his command. Um, and that's always been the book on him is that he's an excellent command pitcher. So, and from what I've seen, I have no reason to think that he's lost that. Um, I, I do think that he's nibbling a little bit too much and that's probably why the walk rates up. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't trust his stuff enough. Maybe he got knocked around early in the year. And, um, since then he's been, um, walking guys more, um, So I'm okay with buying. I'm not dying to go out there and get him, though. I think among the trio of disappointing pitchers, Weaver, Castillo, who Nick mentioned, and John Gray, Weaver's probably the safest bet. Um, He probably has the best floor. But I just think a reasonable, optimistic projection is probably about eight and a half Ks per nine, an ERA right around 375. Um, Oh, wow, really? Well, I mean, he's got more upside than that, but. That's probably a reasonable, optimistic projection. Yeah, I would say that's about seventy-five
1: percent. Okay, Joe, what are some trades you got?
3: Sure. So, um, the first is just a straight up Weaver for Zach Eflin. No. Yeah, I'm with you, Weaver. Right? Yep. No right. Eflin. Oh, really? Oh, I'm yeah, Weaver. Yeah, I'm probably going Weaver too. Um, So, Weaver. Weaver and Chris Archer, for oh my god, this is this is just <laughs> Garrett Richards, Dylan Bundy, and Alex Wood.
1: All right. Um,
3: Wait, repeat it. So Weaver and Archer.
2: Weaver and Archer, okay.
3: For Richards, Bundy, and Wood. I want yeah, the either. I want the trio.
1: Yeah, I want you the, know Pat. Pat, you name you name Richards and Wood. So I actually it.
3: want the trio too.
1: I want the duo. Well,
2: I think that they're all kind of in the same class.
3: Yeah, and give me more, right. give me more uh, darts at the dartboard. Yeah,
2: and Archer's the guy that's got the most recent
3: injury, so.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm curious what kind of offense. Do you have any uh, offense for Weaver Trace? I
3: don't. They're actually all pitchers. All right. So I got Weaver for Hendricks. Straight.
2: Hendricks. Uh,
1: they're like the same player. Hendricks had
2: an amazing start last night.
1: He was. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting. Um. I'm going with the safer bet in Hendrix, even though I like the upside. Wow,
3: really? Wow, I'm going Weaver still, obviously. I like, and, like Hendrix. All right, and then Weaver or Q, Quintana?
1: Oh, Weaver. Quintana's, Quintana is – I'm sorry. I'm waving goodbye. I, I was you,
3: a, I was a fool
2: in April when I said I was worried about Quintana. I just, Were you? just want to point that out. Yeah, I said it on the podcast. What do you mean? You were oh, right. What do you so mean? Why are you a fool? He's still, well, he's still though, walking a I ton of guys. I was called a fool Uh-oh. on the podcast. Fools.
0: Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right.
2: Um, yeah, I think I would still rather have Kintana. I got more faith that Kintana's going to find it. Oh, at
0: this I, point.
2: I don't know, man. I must, must was probably the low man on Weaver then because I liked Eflin better and I liked Q better. So let's give a ballpark. Like where are you guys in terms of like the number of starting pitchers? Like where Who? would you have him among starting pitchers in terms of if you were to rank them?
1: Weaver? Yeah. Um He's probably still top twenty-five for me. Twenty. Yeah,
3: he's probably wow. a little bit lower, but probably cool. like he thirty-five-ish.
1: Yeah, see he's like fifty for me. Oh no. Uh, yeah. I would love to see who you're who you're putting over little... whoever.
3: Yeah, I can't I can't help but remember that start that Nick was like, yo, watch the start, Joey. And I watched it and I was like, Damn, I'm in Nick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's the best. <laughs> Second half. Get ready. Alright, Joe, give us your
2: first one.
3: Alright, so my first one is uh Brian Deuger. So He had a home run today, which is a good sign. And uh, he's had his name mentioned on the trade block now, and it's looking more and more likely that will be a piece that gets moved at the deadline. Um, So as far as statistics, he's not chasing any more than he has in the past. He's making his usual amounts of contact. He's hitting the ball with authority. The big standout is the BAPIP that's almost 30 points below his career average. Um, We've talked about Dozier a few weeks ago, but the point remains, I fully expect a second-half explosion. Dozier's got a track record of slow first halves now um, for the past two years, Um, so I'm totally in on buying Brian Dozier.
1: Yeah, so with Dozier, um, first of all, this is a guy whose exit velo has always been pretty good, like above league average, and this year it's 87 miles per hour, which is well above league average. And everything is down with that, so I am a little more worried than you. Um, I am out on Brian Dozier.
0: He's yeah, been see, completely so, lost.
3: so, but those are, right, like, the, the exit velo being lower is just a results-driven statistic, while his his plate discipline is every, everywhere you'd expect it to be. So that's why I'm, I'm
2: far I mean, less worried.
1: He's also, like, he's only got a 249 Babbitt, so, like, I don't
3: know.
1: Yeah, exactly. See, what's
2: happening is his fly balls aren't
3: leaving the yard, and that's exactly what happened last year too at yeah. the beginning of last year, like literally the exact same thing.
2: Yes, um, I've I've owned Dozier every year of his life, so <laughs> <laughs> I am I am somebody that is well well conditioned to his first half struggles, and uh, I, I am not concerned. I think that this is just, you know. The, the the luck has been against him to this point. I fully expect that the fly balls will start to lead the yard. Um, and may have already started to. I think this is like his third homer in the last week. So your buy little window may be closing, um, especially on a player that has the reputation as a second-half player. I'm fully expecting, you know, 15, 16 second-half homers, um, a bunch of steals. You know, not a bunch of steals, but, you know, five, six, seven and uh, the average to tick up because the fly balls are going to start to leave the yard. So, um, you know, 260, 270, and the situation should improve in theory because uh, I think the Twins are going to be sellers, and, um, you know, Dozier is a piece that they should be looking to move, even if it's at a discounted
3: price. Um, Oh, my God, imagine he's in Milwaukee. That's an ideal fit. So, I got some deals, too, for Dozier. So, um, first one is Castellanos and Matt Davidson for Ian Happ and Brian Dozier.
2: Uh, Happ and Dozier, definitely. And um, I'm Mr. Matt Davidson.
1: Well, well, Matt, it was Davidson and who? Castellanos. Um, for Happ and I, Dozier. I do like Castellanos a lot, but I'm going to stay with Happ and Dozier.
3: Yeah, Happ and Dozier for me, too. Hicks, Aaron Hicks, and Sean Newcomb Hicks. For, for Brian Newcomb.
1: Dozier. Hicks, Newcomb. Hicks, Newcomb.
3: What was it? Hicks and Newcomb for Dozier.
1: Hicks and Newcomb, duh.
2: Um, yeah, I think I would actually take Hicks and Newcomb in that case. Uh, I think
3: I'm going the other way. I think I'm going with Dozier. He's, a sh- I think he's more of a sure thing. Um, I got Jonathan Scope and Joey Gallo. Hot-hitting oh. Jonathan Scope and Joey oh, Gallo. Jonathan Scope stinks. For Brian Dozier and Gregory Polanco.
2: I would much rather have Dozier than Scope. I don't care about the other
3: pieces.
1: I do like Joey <laughs> Gallo, though. No, I'm
3: taking the Dozer
1: side, definitely. Freaking Gallo, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking the Dozier side too. All
3: right, and then Altuve and David Peralta. Okay. For Dozier and a shot of JD Martinez. Oh, give me, give me J.D. Yeah, George. obviously. Come
1: on. <laughs> yeah. we made that treat It is Sadie. close. It is close. No, yeah. it's not. It's actually, it's not. Dozier and JD for who? Altuve. It and? doesn't
3: matter. David Peralta? I mean, give Get me the, another right, give me another name you. that makes that a little bit better then.
1: Alright, Altuve and Hicks. That makes it better. No. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> you know, Aaron Hicks is just
1: <laughs> Nick's love child right now. He can't. Yeah, well, <laughs> come on. I told you guys to draft the <laughs> listen to me.
3: Give me give me another outfield there.
1: Um. How about Mitch Annergy? How about Ozuna? Ozuna and,
3: and. Altuve for Dozier and J.K. No, JD. see, I'd rather have Hicks than Ozuna.
1: Really? Yeah, I oh, think Ozuna's Pat kind of Oh Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Pat is on board, I told you. Pat, alright, one more question. Who should be badly legal against the Yankees? Say
2: oh, it! Brett Gardner against Righties. Say
0: it!
2: <laughs> I just said it. Brett Gardner against Righties. You shut
1: up. <laughs> you know it should be Hicks every day, you
0: bastards.
2: All right, well, now moving to my Vilo candidate, Rich Hill. Oh um, his God. performance overall has not been up to par, and that's evident from his season-long results. A 4.56 ERA with matching peripherals, a 1.71 homer per nine. When he's pitched, he's been inconsistent. But the, the stock or Rich Hill's stock is as much about performance as it is about him staying healthy or his inability to. He's missed time twice this year, and he has a neck injury that he's fighting through now. Um, He's going to be pitching tonight. Uh, If you can swallow the wrist, though, Hill has made an adjustment that's produced results since he came back from his most recent DL stint. 22 and two-thirds innings, 26 Ks, a 270 ADRA, a 0.97 whip and a 6.5 K to walk with that sort of surge. You would think the window is closed, but I think because of the risk, you can still get him at an undervalued price. Um, When healthy, he'll a top 25 caliber arm in terms of results. and I would bet you can get him for a fraction of that cost and would definitely be buying him down the stretch because I think he's a difference maker.
1: Um, yeah, so this is only if you have the huevos. This is for someone okay. with very big huevos. Um, Which I have. Yeah. Well, Hill is the most frustrating person to own in all of fantasy. Football, baseball, everything. He's the most injury-prone person on the planet. Um So I am completely out because last year was Yay. like last of you know what? Last year was laughable. The year before that, you were like, oh, my God, this guy. And now it's just like, you, you stay away from me. It's over. I'm done. Because the problem with Hill is he will go out and throw eight innings of perfection and look beautiful. And then after the game, you'll hear that during the game, uh he – jammed his left pinky on the ball, and he's going to miss another two weeks. It's it's ridiculous. So I am not done with the headache anymore. I want no part of him. Yes, the price is probably good because the Hill owner is like, all right, I'm sick of having this guy with blisters and fingernails and whatever the hell else is wrong with his hands. Um, so whatever. Uh, no, I want no part of Joe. I don't care who it's for. The headache.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm with Nick, and some of these deals aren't as good as you'd think. So, um, I've got Hill for, uh, Matt Boyd. Oh, oh my God. I'm definitely taking Hill. Yeah, right? All
1: right you know well, what? that's I'm exactly my angry. point, is he's, like, that's free. All right, wait, wait, wait. Uh, that's free, but, but, Pat, how much you buy, all right, so, let's make it easy. Instead well, of let's, being let's a see player, what that
2: show has. Like,
3: before like... All right, Hill or Daniel Murphy.
2: I think I'd rather have Hill because I think Murphy is toast.
1: I, I agree with Pat, actually. I, I, I've never been a Murphy guy, and especially this year. He's done skis. I'm, I guess I'll take Hill by full, to the four. Uh, all
3: right, Hill and my preseason velocity uh, extraordinaire Cole Hamels. Hill.
1: Can you um, imagine
2: Cole Hamels in Yankee Stadium?
1: Uh, this is again. This is Hill by default. You're naming some really shitty players right this now, was This is my point.
3: point. Yeah, I mean, this is past point. These are the deals that are going out, or Musgrove for Hill.
1: Hill. Hill, but but no, I, no,
3: no,
2: no. What do you mean, Pat, but? These were no, right, 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 these are legitimate. That, but, these are trades. These were legitimate trades that were made. And this okay. is exactly my point. You can get him for the last pitcher on your staff, and you but got who, a shot who, at a top thirty guy.
1: If you own Cole Hamels, you're you're an idiot. You shouldn't own Cole Hamels, How no matter how deep you. I agree in. with you. So that's what I'm saying. You're saying to buy him, but for what? You need to give us a line because Joe is naming guys that are waiver wire fodder that stink. Like if like like throw us a guy. Give me a line, a good line. Well, for I'd him. rather
2: have I'd rather have Hill than Luke Weaver.
1: So oh, he's yeah. inside my you top
2: are, 50. Are, oh yeah. I'm
3: with him on that one. That's crazy.
2: Okay, it? well i You want you wanted a name, so I gave you a name. Uh, yeah, okay. Let me try and think of another one on the fly. Yeah, if I offer
1: uh, you leave Lever for Rich Hill right now in our league, there is no <laughs> way you're yeah. taking it. No, I'm, no not, it.
2: I'm not taking it. I'd rather have Rich Hill.
1: Wow. Over
2: to me, I dare you, I would just decline it.
1: No, because you know what you doing? Oh, this is all a play. Then you son of a bitch. The whole <laughs> thing is an elaborate scheme to it's get not.
2: It's Oh not. my you God, know? that's
1: Pat's music. <laughs> You knew I would it's bring him up. You absolutely not. It's
2: absolutely not. Reverse psychology. Not. Um, all right, so listen, I'll, na- I'll, I'll throw out a name of a guy that, that I actually own. Uh, I'd rather have Hale than Jamison Tyone.
1: Oh, you're so silly. You'd be a nutty, Pat. you I'm
2: not. Nutty. Because so I want Florida the cracker. upside. I want okay. the upside. And, okay. you know, I'll take my shot. Because I think Tyone at this point is exactly what I basically described Weaver to be, which is. A guy that's going to have an ERA around three seven five three eight, and he's going to post solid innings. Yes, great, but I would rather take the shot at like seventy ace level innings than you know get ninety innings of like three eight ERA ball.
1: Who's like pitching seventy innings? You think Rich Hill is going to pitch seventy innings? He threw he threw a hundred and thirty some odd last year. It's not out of the realm of possibility
2: that he goes seventy innings clean.
3: Well how many games do we even have left? Uh like sixty five?
0: Yeah. No, not way great. more than
3: that, Joe. No, like seventy five left.
1: Is it Well the All Star Break is late. sixty two games? Yeah,
3: the all-star break is late this year.
1: But I don't I think so, we're
2: that far along. I think you're I think you're bugging.
1: I don't know, <laughs> but listen, bottom line is this you're you're if you're trying to pencil in Ridge Hill for seven innings. Out there, if you're well, listening. But this is
2: all, but this is all like
1: a a, a pointless
2: conversation, right? It is because at it's the a, end of the day, because at the end of the day, I don't have to
1: trade that level of pitcher to get Rich Hill. But wait, okay. I have. But now here's the thing: you're buying the upside in Hill, right? Like you're all about the upside in Hill if you pitch pitches seven innings, okay? But what happened to you buying the third pitch in Tayon going crazy? Now you want to sell a guy who's definitely going to get you the innings, and has the upside that you spoke so highly about, but you want to trade him. For a guy who could potentially pitch you 20 innings and has upside as well. Well, like I still do
2: I, I still do think that Tyone is a better pitcher with the third pitch. But I've also watched him and it hasn't come together the way I thought it would, mostly for the reasons Joe, Joe laid out originally, which was he still doesn't really have an answer for lefties. Hey,
3: Pat, let me ask you something. Something Sorry. that's constructive. And then we should probably move on from Rich Hill, but does does being in a head to head or roto format change your opinion on Hill, or is it the same regardless? I mean,
2: anytime you put anything in anything into specific context, it's going to change. If if I need the home run and I'm trailing, Rich Hill is the play. If I'm in first place in a roto league and I just want the innings because I I don't want to have to worry about plugging in some guy off the waiver wire for 45 innings, if Rachel does get hurt, then yeah, I'll pass and I'll keep the guy that's more of a top 40 year starter without the top 20 upside. Um, as far as head to head versus Roto, I mean, no, I don't know that it changes the analysis that much. Um, I, I, I Again, I, I, I personally would rather reach for the upside and try and get the elite innings than, Hold on to a guy that's just going to get me top 40-ish names
3: the rest of the way. Okay. I just never thought there'd be a day, Nick, where you were on Team Joe for Rich That was, like, the most heated argument we've ever had on Rich
2: Well, because... And I'm still right, because at the end of the day, not, I don't have to... Not, no, no, because I don't have to give up the guys you're talking about, Nick.
1: You just that's said a second point. ago, this is, none of this matters. It's all hypothetical. Like, well, no, I was thing. saying what
2: our argument was about was hypothetical. Because you brought it to a place where I have to pay a top 40 price for him. I don't have to do that. I can go out and pay a top 80 pitcher for Rich Hill right now.
1: Okay. I can case, trade Matt I, Boyd. Yes. In that case, well, listen, in that case, I agree with you. Yes. If you could trade, we all took him over Boyd and him over Ham. Yeah. Yeah, case, yeah. Like,
0: yeah.
1: You could yeah. Do, but if you, all right, how about this? If you don't have a DL spot, does it change at all?
0: No,
2: because I'm assuming. Oh, it, it all again. Context depends. Context is king. So if I if I have if I don't have a DL but I've got like a decent amount of bench space, I'm still fine with taking the chance. If I don't have a lot of bench space, then yeah, I'm probably not looking to own Rich Hill. But even even then, if I'm giving up Matt Boyd and Cole Hamels for him, I'm still
1: going to take the chance. And then if I have yeah. to dump Rich Hill, I'll dump Rich Hill.
0: Okay, yeah, no.
1: I'm gonna, we're going to move on, but I'm just saying – all I'm going to say is this. The, the Luke Weaver thing is bananas. It's just bananas. I don't
2: understand why it's bananas. I mean, they have literally the same results right now.
1: Because – exactly. Because Luke Weaver is going to pitch.
2: Okay, and there's no gar- – and at least Rich Hill has that track record of excellent results, whereas Luke Weaver has never had that track record whatsoever.
1: Rich Hill has been very up and down this season. He has had a good okay, start. Okay, in- and
2: so has Luke Weaver. And Luke Weaver has been up and down for his entire major league sample. Mm,
1: Luke yes. Weaver was amazing. He was for a
2: three eight ERA pitcher last year in the second half.
1: Oh, first half he was. Then it was the first half that he was really good.
2: No, he was a three eight ERA pitcher over the course of the entire MLB season last year for the amount that he pitched. So now he is a, <laughs> a four two ERA pitcher over the course of a full
3: season. Are we finished?
1: Yes, I'm finished. Nick, you can give your second. No, we don't, head to, head. we don't have to. don't have to rebut. I'll let, the, I'll let the people who are listening make their uh, the judgments. I think they're all on my side that Weaver is. They the guy probably they are. are. And they but are. you
2: know what? That's fine. And when, if Rich Hill goes out and throws 70 innings of 2.5 ERA ball, I'll let you know in September.
1: Okay.
3: All right, Nick, give us your second
0: guy. No, I want to talk about Rich Hill more. Goddamn <laughs> I ain't done yet.
1: <laughs> oh man! All right, my next guy. We're going from we're going from the heated Rich Hill, barely contain myself to boring ass Ian Hap. Um, yeah, I want to bring him up just because um, Hap went through some real hardships this year, and if if you're a half owner, you're staring at a 36.7% K rate, <clears throat> and you're probably worried you're staying at a 4.9 BABIP over a 256 average, that's even more uh, uh, worrisome. But what I've seen from half is actually some good things. He's taking a lot of walks. He's walking 16% of the time right now. Um, that's something that I didn't think would happen. I thought he'd be somewhere around like that 10-ish range, which he was last year and throughout his minor league career. So that, that's very encouraging. He's been very patient at the plane, although he is striking out 36 minutes at a time. Uh, it's good that he is walking that much because it's giving his OBP a nice boost as he's right now at 378. Um, Some encouraging signs from half of this. Right now, he's a stack has darling. He has got a 91 mile per hour ex velo. The launch angle is like 20. He's He's going to crush the ball when he hits it. And as the year goes on and he makes more contact and he strikes out less, I think we're going to see the home runs go up, 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 up. I think right now, like right now he's at 10. He could finish the year with close to 30. He's that kind of talent. I believe in that bat speed that much. I think he's going to be good. I also think we're going to see a boost in the stolen bases. Um, As much as he's been walking for some reason, he's not stealing bases. He has his speed. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. It could be because – you know he's been shifted in and out of the lineup. Uh, I mean, right now he's towards the back. I think tonight he's bat seventh. He's been like sixth, seventh, eighth most nights. Out of the break, he listen. He's the guy they want at the top of the lineup. He is the guy that they this year went into the year with him as the leadoff hitter. And if he starts, if he starts, <laughs> if he starts to. Show signs of what he did in spring training, he'll be right back up there. And you've got a lot of guys that are playing really well this year and Javier Baez and Russell. And when Chris Bryant comes back, that team's going to be stacked and Zobrist, um, They're all playing well. So the counting sets could be there as well. Uh, right now, he's making a ton of hard contact. He's at 42%. So I'm, I'm sorry, 43%. Um, so I'm betting on the upside. I'm betting on the upside. It's definitely a gamble, but I'm willing to bet on the raw, raw power any counting stat potential that could happen with this kid. And I think right now the, the price is going to be pretty pretty good.
3: Let me ask you a question. Um, you know, you mentioned the bat speed's good, and I'm assuming that's with your eye, because um, the, the, the promising sign is that he's chasing much, much less than he was last year. Uh, 31.5% last year compared to 24 essentially 24% this year. So that's good. He's got a better recognition of the strike zone. The problem is, is that, on pitches inside the zone, he's down six and a half percent contact. So, which leads me to believe that the that this, this swing might be a little bit long in the zone.
1: Well, he had, to, starting the year, he had like major problems with high heat. Like anything high in the zone, he had a major problem with. And he lately has been a lot better with the, those issues. So, he's, listen, he's only 23 years old. So, he's making adjustments as he's in the bigs. Sure, sure. Yeah, I and mean,
3: you know if he can if he can get that bat under control on pitches inside the zone, he's got a lot of promise, right? Because yeah. he's he's not really chasing as much as he was. I mean, yeah, 20, in the eye. Twenty four percent isn't excellent, but it's not bad. It's not as bad as thirty, you know, thirty two percent. That's bad. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a little uncertain. You can buy him low, and and I guess this will be borne out if there are if there are trades to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly righted himself. The PT hasn't always been there, and that can continue to be an issue, um, especially since the Cubs are contenders. They're going to make a deal, and the fact that the polling time hasn't always been there, it might get a little worse for Hat if the Cubs do make a deal. Um, you know, they might bring in somebody who takes his whatever share. Uh, let's say it's like a two-thirds or a three-fourth share and takes it down 5 to 10%. Um, you think they're shopping for a Um, bet? I think they've been linked to, like, Adam Jones. I I remember seeing that earlier today. Ugh, God. Why? Well, I I don't know, but that's that's what I read on MLB Trade Rumors. Um, At least that's where I think I saw it. Um, I still like the player overall. I'm just not sure the volume's there for him. Um, I don't mind him as a buy low. And I I actually like him the best if he goes in a deal. If they find a way to trade him, that would be fantastic, because then he can get the full-time at-bats, and I'd rather have the volume than the situation.
3: All right, so let me give you some of these. Um, first is Ian Hap for Hosmer or, and Ronaldo Lopez.
0: I'm
3: taking hat.
2: Happ. Hap for, I'm sorry? You
3: Hosmer and Ronaldo Lopez. Give me hat.
1: I'm I'm yeah. taking the duo, I think. Dude, where hosmer has been so bad.
2: I I view Reynaldo Lopez as a zero.
1: Yeah, me too. He's he's, he's H- Hosmer's been Hosmer esque. No. No. He hasn't has
3: like two sixty five?
1: Dude, he has nine home runs right now on the year. He's on pace for under twenty home runs. He's hitting two fifty
2: eight on- with a seven thirty nine OPS.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, it's not good. And the power's not there in Petco. It's, He's got issues, man. All right. But, I didn't realize it was yeah, so go, bad. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. <clears throat> go ahead. Um, what else?
3: All right. Yeah. The next one is Hap and Goldie. It, I mean, you don't even need the rest. For Dozier and Fulty. Um, Hap and Goldie. Not close.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, not close.
3: Yeah. Uh, Hap for Jake Lamb.
1: Hap, Hap.
3: Hap for a Double Double.
1: Double's been bad lately. Um, <sighs> I hate Odubel. <laughs> yeah, he's he's spent, he was super hot to start the year, and lately he's been Uh-oh. absolutely shit. I'm going with I'm going with Hap just because of the struggles of Oduble as of yeah. late. Give me give me Oduble. Really? It's it's close, have, but have you seen like how bad he's been? I I know all
3: about how bad Oduble Herrera
1: is. <laughs> he's been really <laughs> bad the last like month or month of baseball it's been like the
3: thing, i get it the thing I, is though is like as bad as a has been right hap is gonna have those spells too yeah,
0: and
1: yeah but hap, hap provides hap provides the much higher upside where oduble, i don't know about
3: that and and the hap thing hap is about, a higher upside than what oduble did
2: for like the first three months of the year
3: there's no there's there's two things, right? One is that I don't, know how, I don't know if there's enough time for Hap to seriously outpace Oduble, and Oduble hits much higher in the lineup. So I'm actually with Pat. I'm taking Oduble because the runs and RBIs will be there, whereas Hap, Hap has a much harder path to getting to Oduble's runs and RBIs. Yeah, and
2: Oduble's got, like, a long leash now, and there's no questioning the volume at this point.
3: So, so there's some, so there's some buying low opportunity here, but there's also it depends. It's league, league sensitive.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, Joe, why don't you give us your second guy?
3: All right. So my second guy is Gary Sanchez. Uh, we had talked about El Gary fairly recently. Um, really about his crazy batted ball authority. Um, everything, everything improving like his contact and discipline skills, but very, very little to show for it. Um, so Sanchez is just another case of incredibly bad batted ball luck with a 194 BAPIP, nearly 100 points lower than his career average. The ISO was healthy at 242. The walks and strikeouts are all good. He just pretty much can't seem to hit them where they ain't. Uh, the only problem that I realized after writing this description about how Gary Sanchez is a good buy low is that even with the missed time, it doesn't look like there's a significant discount on his value right now.
2: Yeah, I think the market is pretty wise on Gary Sanchez. <clears throat> you know, I think this is an obvious buy low candidate, and I think that's probably why you can't buy him low. Um, I think the time off is going to do him some good, clear his head, because he was totally snake bit before the DL, as Joe laid out. Um, he hits the ball hard, consistently, and way too often to sport a sub 200 Babbitt. Um, it's not going to continue. He's got 14 homers. I mean, that's after missing, you know, however much time he's missed now, which I, I guess is about two weeks. Um, so he's a 30 homer pace, even with um, these struggles. I, I I am not concerned at all. I'm expecting at least 15 bombs in the second half and a 265-ish average. Um, and I think that might even be a little light on the average. I, I think he could hit upwards of 280.
1: Um, you know, we've seen him do it before. So, yeah. So, so the, well, I'm
3: ahead. sorry, Nick. I just need to interject. Bregman just went deep again. This is two home runs today. He's
1: yeah. the best. Sorry. He's really good. <laughs> um. So Pat, you saw you said something that was like the first thing in my in my notes here about Sanchez is that even with. Like the struggles, he's still on pace for 30 home runs, and 30 home runs from a catcher, regardless of what the average is, is extremely useful. And having said that, like Joe pointed out, the bat at 194 is just absolutely ridiculous. That's got to be the lowest in baseball right now, uh, for this for the 265 of plate appearances. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I think that the batting average goes way up. He's probably going to hit like 275 the rest of the way, 280, and he's going to hit another you know 15 to maybe even 20 home runs. I do. I don't like groin injuries. Like I put groin, oblique, hamstring. They're all kind of close to each other in the same group, especially for a catcher. There's a lot of stress on that muscle throughout the year. Um, I do think that he will overcome it. He's not an injury prone player. Uh, I expect big things from him. Big things from him when he got when he comes back. The best time to buy him was right when he hit the DL. If you did that, you probably made like a bandit because with the batting average and a frustrated owner. You could have probably got him on the cheap. Joe, what are some trees you see for Sanchez? I'm really curious.
3: Sure, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think there's a. It's really a good buying opportunity. But so there's Gary and Granky for Chris Sale.
1: Gary, and, that's interesting. They're all really um, close. That's interesting. Um, it obviously depends on who you have a catcher in the team. Um, yeah. Let's just say you have Wilson Ramos. Let's just say. Who's like middling? Like oh, the middle.
3: yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd almost always rather have that pair. Because that pair is really good. And Cranky's been I'm awesome. Taking,
1: I'm taking Cranky and Sanchez, I think. Even though – I don't know, man. I don't know. I know, just, I know. Sale's an
3: ace. But Cranky's been <sighs> so good.
1: You know what? I think I would side with Sale. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is, that's a really – good trade like in any league if someone made that trade I, I just like yeah that's fine it's so even but the
2: only the only departure i have is if it's a if it's a 12 team if it's 12 team mixed or less i want sale if it's a deeper league i want sanchez and grinky
1: yeah that's good that's a good point i'm i think i'm going with um i think i'm going with sale too i'm switching course Yeah, i like the, i like the idea of sale better Stuff. okay
3: all right. This one's this one's a bit of a buy low in a sense, but it's not an outrageous trade. This is Gary Sanchez for Jose Abreu.
1: Oh, Sanchez.
3: I agree. Okay. Right? I'm taking Sanchez too, but it's not it's a buy low, but it's not a it's not a
2: bad. But you're
1: one. also buying low on Abreu. That's the thing. Yeah, it's
3: kind of a it's a little bit of a challenge trade.
2: Abreu's been I- better, but I mean they're honestly I I think they're nearly identical players.
1: Um, yeah. a It's a
2: little bit more in the average department, but Gary's going to have the counting numbers on a day by day basis. Um, yeah.
1: And to me, it all comes down to the catcher. And though. then
2: you're yeah, like they're so they're so close in terms of what their actual production will be the rest of the way in my mind. Yeah. You are not positional ahead. eligibility. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And, and,
1: and one last thing too, like when you trade for a catcher like Gary Sanchez, if you own Sanchez, you can always trade him. You cannot move a first baseman right now. Like that's. It's just such a deeper position. Yeah. All no right.
3: I got. I got one more, and this is a 100% at buy low. So Gary for Cano and Raisel Iglesias.
1: What? That is disgusting. Get away from me.
2: Cano and Raisel Iglesias. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Gary. Of course. Yeah. Gary, of course. yeah so, so, right. We went from like a really, really close trade to a nice challenge trade to one where you can definitely get away with it. So again, this is like league sensitive too.
2: Yep. Yeah, I think so. Okay, that moves it to my second guy, Michael Conforto, going across town. I'll admit that I have a lot of confidence in Conforto as a hitter, so that's certainly part of this analysis. Um, He's got an all-fields approach with patience. Some of the problems are Babbitt, which I think will bounce back. Uh, The all-fields approach lends itself to a plus Babbitt, or at least league average Babbitt, and he's really struggled on grounders beyond what league average is. On ground balls Um, some of the problems are bad ball distribution which in June he started to write himself with increased hard contact and more line drives and fly balls some of the problems are team context. the the Mets are bad offensively Um, at some point though they will get Cespedes back presumably Um, and there's some positive regression coming to this lineup aside from Conforto Um, you know Todd Frazier's due for some luck uh, Ahmed Rosario is due for some good luck. Uh, Dominic Smith is due for some good luck. So there's, there are some pieces here that I think are going to get better. Um, so I'm willing to buy Conforto in the second half, and I imagine the price is, much like Rich, with Rich Hill, is, is a true buy low. It's probably almost free in 12-team mixers.
1: Yeah, I'm completely on board with you. I've always liked Conforto. Whenever you mention him, I'm always on board with it. Obviously, it's a matter of health. If the kid stays healthy, he's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Last year, in a shortened season, 373 at-bats. He hit 27 home runs in 373 at-bats, and he had a 939 OPS. So this is these are elite, paced-out numbers. The kid could be elite if he could stay healthy. I'm completely on board with it. I'll take the chance on Conforto any day. Love the player.
3: Sure. So. Some deals for Conforto. Um, Conforto for Chu, straight.
1: Ooh, that's that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I do like Chu. Uh, I'm going with Chu. He's been really, really good. Yeah,
2: give me Chu. It's close, but he's give me Chu. I've got confidence that Chu is gonna keep up a reasonable proximity of what he's done
1: so far. Yeah, need Chu.
3: Conforto or belt? Brandon Belt.
1: Mm. Um. I think I'm going to take Conforto there. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. Um, um, give me
2: give me Conforto, provided I don't need Belt
1: at first. I'm going with Conforto just because Belt's counting stats just aren't going to be there this year. Um, yeah, give me Conforto.
3: All right, I got one more. So where are you on that
1: one? Conforto or Belt? Mm -hmm. That is like the perfect line, by the way.
3: I think think I'd take Belt only because I think he's had the better year so far. Um, Long-term potential, I think Conforto's clearly got him beat. But I think for the rest of the season, I'd rather have a guy that's recently been more successful. Okay. Um, all right. So one more Conforto and Kershaw. I promise this is good. Conforto and Kershaw for Springer and Zach Eflin.
1: Conforto and Kershaw for Springer and Eflin.
3: I want
2: Kershaw and Conforto.
1: Um, I'm give, going give with me the ace. I'm going with the. Uh, I'm going with Springer here. I, don't, I think Kershaw's got is gotten. He's going to get hurt again, in my opinion. I hate to say it. I love him, but
3: yeah, I'm going with Nick too. But that these are all three of these are really close.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's actually a, I, yeah. I didn't think that deal was going to be good as soon as you started. Yeah,
3: yeah. I know. I knew you weren't. <laughs> all right, Nick. Give us your third guy.
1: Uh, I don't have a third guy.
3: So give us your fourth guy.
1: Oh, wait, no, I did the third guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I was
2: like, really? Because I've
3: got one here for you.
1: Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> um, so, obviously, uh, I tried to bring up Winker before. I almost got killed for it um, because they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But uh, Winker's been absolutely ridiculous over the last month, um, especially the last two weeks. He's just gotten better and better uh, as we got into uh, the late June and early July. And I think it's going to continue as the year goes on. He's a guy that we all loved in spring training especially me and Pat. He's an OBP machine. He's a walk machine. And, um, you know, uh, if he's, he's going to be batting in front of Joey Vidal for the rest of the year, the canning sets could be there. Um, Pat's more of a believer in the pop. I think you had him, like, at over 20 home runs or that he had the potential to go over 20 home he runs. He had the I don't potential
2: think- to go over 20 homers. I had him projected for 18.
1: Yeah, so I I don't know if he's even gonna pace out for that, but I, what I think he's gonna do the rest of the way is giving is give you a really really healthy batting average NLPS, which right now is kind of rare in the league. Um, and he's gonna give you good counting sets. He's gonna eventually work his way to be cemented as the leadoff batter <clears throat> in that lineup. It's only a matter of time. I think coming out of the All Star break, he'll be there. And once he gets there, it's gonna be his job the rest of the way. Um, he just gets on, his OBP is just gonna be like ridiculous the rest of the way. Definitely over 375 and I'm buying Winker in a big way. Love the guy.
2: Yeah. I don't need to rehash too much of my old ground on Winker. I talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's a swing changer with a good hard contact profile. I, as Nick pointed out, I was pretty high on the power. I actually need, you know, obviously think that the market was pretty low on his power and not correctly considering, you know, the possibility of a swing change here, which sort of bore itself out um, in, in spring training in terms of, you know, his, his bad ball distribution. It was hinting at it. Um, and, I, and I think he's a guy that's going to have increasing playing time in the second half. Uh, I think the Reds will make a deal and clear up their outfield log jam and hopefully Winker with that great OBP finds his way to the top of the lineup. I'm, I'm buying him, definitely.
0: Uh,
3: I mean, I was a low man coming in on Winker, and I still think I'm lower than the both of you guys. I think he's he's gonna need to make a swing adjustment to really tap into some of that power. I think there is some power in there, but I think the super patient um you know singles and double hitter approach isn't really gonna stick. I mean the iso's down to one twenty four which really just means that he's not generating power all over the place, not just in home runs. Um, So I think he's probably going to need to make a swing adjustment. But he has made the swing adjustment. Has he? Well,
2: okay, so last year, 1.7 ground ball to fly ball rate. This year, 1.29. He's at 42.7% grounders, 33% fly balls. 24% line drives. So he's in the air via line drives or fly balls more than half the time.
3: Sure. Do you know how he's doing on pulling those fly balls? I can look. I
2: think, if my recollection serves me correctly, he's started to, after a rough start to the year, um, let me take a look at it while you finish. No,
3: he hasn't. He hasn't. It's still bad. It's actually worse. Well, over the season, I guess. On the season, he's at 16.2%, which is pretty bad. But yeah, let me know about later in the year. Um, yeah, so I mean, if he's making the adjustments, then then I'm with you guys. But you know, until that until that that really you know flourishes out, I'm not as high as as the both of you guys on Winker.
1: And so, what flourishes out?
3: Uh, you know, some sort of swing adjustment to generate more power, and I think he's probably gonna have to sacrifice that, the batting average, to get
0: there.
1: So, but you, the fact that he's batting 40, 30, 432 over the last couple of weeks doesn't do anything for you. Just a hot streak, like.
0: Uh.
3: Yeah, I mean.
1: Because, like, like, Joe, my point is, like, even after the really horrific start that he had, like, right now on the year, he has a 7, 798 OPS and a 281 average. And he has a 798 OPS with, like, no home runs.
3: Well, th- I think that's that's the thing, though. That's, like, pretty bad considering that his on-base percentage is almost 400.
1: I, but I, I know, but imagine if he starts hitting home runs.
3: That's true, that's true. But, like, an 800 OPS with a a 400 on-base percentage is, like, pretty bad. That means, like, most of his hits are singles. You know?
2: Okay, so the fly ball data since May 1st is a mixed bag. So, he's only pulling 20%. Okay. But he's 44.4% hard. So, this is like the Michael Conforto profile. Hmm. So, to me, it looks like 20 homer pop, but that's what what it looks like to me from the start of the year. So, um, you know, it it might be a little confirmation bias on my part, but he's hitting the ball hard in the air. So there's that.
3: Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm taking a wait-and-see approach where you guys are buying. I think that's it. Okay.
2: Are there any trades on Wicker or no?
3: Uh, No, I don't have any trades on Wicker because Nick – Threw, I didn't threw, me, threw me a curveball.
2: Yeah, so.
3: <laughs> <of a> <laughs> it's okay. All right, my, my third guy is Adam Eaton. Um, so we obviously all know my obsession for Eaton. So this pick is more about it coming down to playing time for Eaton. Um, since he's come back from the injury, he's been mix and matched with the Harper-Soto combo, obviously, and uh, Taylor getting, the, getting some playing time. Um, as well as Taylor's run, I just think that the Nats are really easing, eaten back into full-time playing duties as Taylor's batting near the Mendoza line. Um, so, you know, this is just a, again, just a case of playing time, right? He's- when he's in there, he's a reliable source of batting average and runs with a little bit, sprinkle a little bit of pop and stolen bases. Um, and he can be had for- he can be had for cheap. Um, not all these deals are super cheap. But some cheaper than others. So there's Eaton and uh, Eaton and Doolittle for
1: Rendon. Eaton and Doolittle. No, I want Rendon.
2: Um. Yeah, give me a Rendon. But again, if Doolittle was completely healthy, I might feel different. Yeah. Okay.
1: Agreed.
3: All right. Uh, Eaton and Mikolas, or Javier Baez and Jose Barrios.
1: Mikola, oh, um, I'm taking Barrios and Baez. Yeah, and Barrios and Baez as well.
3: Wow, yeah, that's what I thought I'd get you guys on, but I guess well, I'm not.
1: I would have thought Pat would have took the other side as well, because he's not a Baez or Barrios guy. But it, we're we're at, we're at the point now where, like, we're in the middle of July, and they're having really good years, and there's no denying it. Yep, that's pretty much sums it up.
3: All right, Eaton or or, uh, Dylan Bundy? Eaton.
2: Tight. Um, Give me Bundy.
3: Okay, yeah, I'm going on Eaton, too. All right, that's the last one I had, because the other ones are are no good.
2: Yeah, I was mulling Eaton as a potential target on this list. Um, So, I mean, I like the choice. The risk is so high that... I would think his acquisition cost would be low, but from those trades, it doesn't sound like it's all that low. Um, mm. It sounds like he's still being viewed as like a, somewhere between a top 100 and top 150 asset. Um, you know, he's been back about a month. He's been middling at best. Um, he's stolen two bases, which is a good sign. It means he's starting to feel healthy. Um, and he's also hit at the top of the lineup on most days. Um, so, I'm down to buy, but according to the price, it's a bit too high for where I would be, feel comfortable.
3: I'm going to segue this a little bit. Sorry, Nick. You know, you you both mentioned that uh, Baez and Berrios are having good seasons, and that's definitely true. But do you know what Javier Baez's chase rate is right now?
2: It's probably 47%.
3: It's 48%. Yeah, like this has this has Rugnetto Odor written all over it.
1: But yeah. but it's mid-July and it's still working. Nah, sure,
3: but it's going to crash so hard. Yeah, it might, it's gotta, I don't know if it's going to happen this year too. It might not, right? Like could, I'm with you that it might not. That he might play the rest. He might go through September and be fine, but man, next year I think Here's, I'm the, here's so the far one, away.
2: Here's the one difference though and I, I think this is the difference because I don't have the numbers in front of me. You do? Yeah. Baez actually has a line drive rate and doesn't have an infield fly ball problem.
3: That Odor does? Yes. Oh, yeah, sure. So. That's, that's definitely true. I know that offhand. Baez can
2: do the Domingo Santana thing. Well,
3: he's actually got a bit of a pop up problem, but that's footing Harris. Well, who does? Baez. It's Bias. like 13%. Yeah, it's a little high. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's livable, it's livable. But it's still gonna come crashing down. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna
2: have a season where he's going to be very tough to. Win. Like okay. he's gonna hit like 200 one year. Yeah. So, sorry for that segue, but no, it's 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 completely right, completely warranted.
1: Uh, Nick, you have any thoughts on Eaton, or should we move along? No, you know you know me with Eaton, I'm not gonna. I've never been a fan. Okay, my third guy
2: is uh, Joe's favorite player ever, Elvis Andres. (laughs) Elvis Andrus missed a big chunk of the year with an elbow fracture. Since coming back three weeks ago, uh, he struggled with an underwhelming triple slash without a homer or a steal. He has not even attempted a stolen base. Um, This is the upside to waiting until a player comes back to deal for them. Now you have an owner who was endlessly optimistic, like Joe, after waiting two months for Andrus, <laughs> that and has had it shattered by three frustrating weeks since he's come back. In all likelihood, Andrus is not the player he was last year, and that's a career year. But Andrus can still be a useful source of team's power, 25 steal speed, and a good average because the strikeout rate is so low. Now those are obviously full season paces. Um, so you have to kind of cut them in half. Um, the team around him is not excellent, and it's going to get worse with Adrian Beltre leaving. But, you know, it, it's also a case where because they're going to be bad and likely non-competitive, um, you know, he's going to get unchanged from first base. And I don't know that the injury has a lot to do with the fact that he hasn't run, I mean it's an elbow, it's not a hamstring, it's not a knee, so I think that it's probably going to um, work itself out and Anders will start to run at a normal pace before long
1: yeah so you're you're really your my lows are really low I mean, yeah, these are guys that you can go out and get. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what the trades are gonna be. Um I am I'm, I'm with it. Obviously it depends on what the trades are, so I'm interested to see what Joey has to say as to what kind of trades went down. Um but I was never a fan of Andrus. last year. We all except for Joey, think it was a big time. Um You guys are killing me right now. <laughs> as, after, the break, after the break, how could you not think that the steals and home runs are gonna go up? Um I I'm kind of buying. Uh, but I am not buying... I'm not excited to buy, whatsoever.
3: So, uh, I'm with you, Nick. I'm not really excited to buy, either.
1: Shut as, up, Joe. As far as, fat tire tonight. As far as... Far
0: as
1: <laughs> go as back far, to your milk.
3: As far as deals, uh, first one is Andrus for David Peralta.
1: Andrus for David Peralta. That's a good line. Um... I'm going with ugh God. Um can I can I choose none? None guy? No. All right, I'm
3: taking David Peralta. Yeah, give me David Peralta. I guess. Yes. Peralta. All right, Andres and Charlie Blackman four. Oh boy. Yeah, this is like the Nick All-Star team. For Charlie Morton and Scooter. Oh so, no, Andres Charlie Blackman for Charlie give Morton me, and
1: Scooter. Give me, give me Charlie Blackman.
2: Yeah, give me Charlie Blackman.
3: Yeah, give me Charlie Blackman. It's, it's
1: close. It though. is close. It's I'm interesting enough, but depends on how you view. He he, Scooter strug-
3: he struggled this year.
1: It depends on how you view Scooter Jeanette.
3: Yeah. All right. Or. Andrus and McCullers for Segura and Pavetta.
1: Segura, Pavetta.
2: Andrus and McCullers for Segura and Pavetta.
1: Definitely Segura. Segura Segura's the best guy in a deal, and Pavetta and McCullers are, like, almost the same guy.
3: Yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I'm with that, too.
2: Uh, Breaking news, Garrett Richards coming out of the game in the second inning. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Shocking. <laughs> right. give, give, give
3: me that Chris Archer. Uh, who was the other? Who was, Who were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Archer and what was it? Skaggs? No. Oh, Weaver. Weaver. Give me Archer and Weaver.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fastball down a whole bunch between batters. So we'll oh,
3: Yeah. So a- Andrus isn't that cheap either, though. Surprisingly, I think. I think. I think Pat, you were kind of onto something that owners are not really giving the discount because they've already pretty much banked in all the time already lost.
2: Yeah, I, I would think that it would start to come down now though because he's yeah
3: he sucks. He's been bad,
2: <laughs> so you know three yeah, weeks after waiting two months, he, the price will start to come down. I think. I agree. All right, Joe, why don't you give us your fourth guy?
3: Oh sure. Uh, so my fourth guy is Nick's favorite guy, J. A. Hat. So his last two outings have been absolutely horrendous, giving up uh, six, six, run, six and seven runs. And he's ballooned his ERA to 4.44. We, we fairly recently talked about half and how he's gotten better in the strikeout department. He's giving up a bit more home runs than ever before at 1.37 home runs per nine. But his homer to fly ball rate isn't awful at just under 14%. The eventual, the eventual move to either Seattle or New York shouldn't hurt him as Seattle gives him gets him out of the A, at least. And New York both eliminates his need to play the Yankees and uh, props him up in, in wins by by a large margin. That's a good point. Yeah, so the price on Hap isn't all too clear. Um, I don't have too many deals. Um, I have one on, as Hap for Hosmer. Let me oh look. God. Let me Please. look up some more. Yeah.
1: Go away, Osmer guy. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd rather have Hap definitely. So, so real quick with Hap, um, that was a good point on him going to the Yankees because right away you think, oh, if he gets traded to the Yankees, he's pitching in a friggin' little league stadium. But yeah, he doesn't have to face them anymore. Um, and after the last start, you really don't want him to face the Yankees anymore. They absolutely abused him. But Hap is I'm the Hap owner this year. I said it all, all off season that he is like one of the most valuable guys as far as ADP goes, and he's proving that. That the K to, the K per nine is ridiculous. He's striking guys out like crazy. The command is there, and the velo is actually going up, which is like a really good sign from a guy who's at this point in his career. He's not breaking down mid season. Um, in July, it's his high low velo of the season so far. He's averaging at 93.42. Um. I absolutely love him. He's in a role as the year goes along. He's a solid. Listen, he's never going to be your ace or your number two, but he is like a perfect 304 in your in your lineup, reliable.
2: Yeah, I feel like it was a couple of weeks ago I'd said that Hap was making us look really smart, and since then his numbers have kind of ballooned. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm still in. I'm still way in. Uh, the skills have been very good. He's likely headed for an improved situation. Um, I would certainly prefer Seattle to the Yankees just because I, I would like the ballpark advantage. Um, but, you know, even the Yankees would be an improvement over what he's doing in Toronto. Um, you know, and yeah, what Nick said, I, I think he's right. You know, Hap is not, you can't make the mistake of trying to make Hap a number two, but he's a number three or four. And he, con- he at pre-draft, he came at a price that was like,
1: a number six or seven. So he's all profit. And, so as, and, and the numbers have ballooned, but he's still rocking a 1.18 whip. Go ahead, Joe.
3: Yeah, sure. So I got a couple more. So we've got Hap for Erod, and Otto Rodriguez. Hap. Ooh, tight. That's, that's uh, a challenge
2: trade, yeah. Give me Hap, but it's really close.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Hap, but it's close. Hap for E5.
1: Ooh. Um alright. So E five. E five. Yeah. Oh,
3: as, really? It,
1: yeah, as much as I love Hap, it's definitely E five. So. I'm surpri- I'm kinda surprised at that one. E5
2: in our league has
1: home. in our league it's it's in but we're not we're gonna just like every other league it's it's Encarnacion besides ours.
3: <laughs> I guess that's true.
1: He's got he's on pace of forty whole runs, Joe.
3: Yeah, 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 I guess that's true. I I'm looking through the chet chet lens. I'm in the chet yeah. zone.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what else you got? I'm curious about these hat trades. Uh
3: there's there's some other ones. Um actually I only have one more. So it's Jay Hap and Eddie Rosario. This is I think a no brainer for Chew and Scherzer. Oh my god. Yeah, you're taking the best picture. What about what yeah. what if it was It's Scherzer. No, I'm saying not Scherzer. I, what I if it one. was
1: uh Granky yeah, that's a what happened, Granky, or Granky. No, and- Hap
3: and Rosario for Chew and Granky.
1: Hap Rosario for Chew and Gran- it's Chew Granky for me. Even though Rosario is... I don't know, Rosario was uh, in- uh, like a what
3: top six seven outfielder right now. That's, that's like cool. super
2: tight.
1: close.
0: Yeah, um, that, that
3: that's a really good pick on the Granky though.
2: Um. Yeah, it awesome. all, that all comes down to need. I mean, do I need the pitching upgrade, uh, or do I need the hitting upgrade? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really tempted by Rosario, though. I won't lie. Yeah. I'm so in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I might. I think I'm. I think I'm going to Rosario side. Thank as well. you.
2: I'll okay. take that one. Yeah, I think I'll take the Rosario side.
1: I'll take. I'll take credit. All for things credit. being <laughs>
2: equal.
3: All right. what do we, got on right we got one more? We
2: got one more. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nick Pavetta was, was my fourth guy. Uh, he's basically the NL Dylan Bundy. Despite good velocity, it's actually better than Bundy by quite a bit. The fastball is a bad pitch with a total negative value. But the breaking stuff, the slider and the curve, are both plus pitches. We had Andy Singleton on the show a while back, and we were discussing Bundy, and he made a great point about the slider. It's not as simple as Bundy needs to throw it more. He might not have the command that day, and then that's when he's left with nothing. And I think that's the case with Pavetta. But Pavetta has two breakers that he can rely on. So I think that gives him a little advantage over Bundy. Plus, Pavetta's in the NL, not the AL East. Um, There's always going to be some pain. I doubt he could completely avoid the blow-ups with Pavetta. But I would feel a lot more comfortable if the – if he shifted the fastball usage about 5 to 10% um, to to his breaking stuff. And, I, and then I think he would be closer to his peripherals. Uh, and, I, and I think he's smart enough to make that change. Um, I think he's more likely to do that than Bundy um, because he has two breakers that he can trust. So um, I'm buying low on Nick Pavetta.
1: What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Pavetta as well. I, I talked about it all year when Joey had him. I watched a lot of starts, and the breaking stuff is ridiculous. The curve is sick. The slider is sick. And he gets a lot of swing and miss, 17% on the slider, 15% on the curve. Um, I just don't think he's ready yet this year. But eventually, like, next year, I love him, like, going into next season the year after. I think he's going to wind up being, like, an absolute K machine in a stud at some point in his career. I just don't know if he's ready this year. The command is too off and on, start to start. He loses the plate. Um, he looks very Robbie Ray-esque, start to start. So, I'd buy low, but I would curb my expectations. All right. So, Pavetta. Pavetta or Hendricks? Hendricks. Hendricks. Mm,
3: yeah. I hate to do it, but I agree with you both. Why
1: don't you like Hendricks, Joe? Oh
3: I I we mean I've laid that out like a billion times why I don't like him. Oh, I know. I know.
1: All right. Yeah. Not to do that again, but so good.
3: Still alive. All right. Pavetta and Moose
1: or Archer. Um I I don't like Chris Archer this season as much as I like him. I don't like him the rest of the way. But I still think he holds a lot more value than those than those two. Yeah, more
0: agreed.
2: I was about to arrive pretty much at the same conclusion.
3: Okay, but, right, with that said, if, if let's say you had to make this deal and you couldn't trade them again for whatever reason, <laughs> right? Okay. No,
2: I think I'd still take Archer.
1: Yeah.
2: Just Archer's... Gone on prolonged runs
1: before, where he's. Oh, I'm so out, out on Archer I'm so, I'm so Archer out on Archer. Right I know. I, he's hurt. I mean, he he's not bad. good. Yeah, he looks bad, man. He's bad right now. Like, he just looks bad. He looks like Bartolo on the mound. Go
0: Bartolo, put it together, man.
1: I just mean as far as like sweating and looking oh. like. <laughs> like all right,
3: all right. I got. I got some more. Um. Pavetta or Ross Stripling?
1: Stripling. Oh, Stripling, definitely. Yeah. Pretty high. Nice. I am like buying him big time. <laughs> he's really good. I'm he's like an old. There. He reminds me of like an old Oakland. Like he should like be on the Oakland A's in like twenty fourteen.
3: I don't know right. why. Uh Pavetta and Arrodis Vizcayeno for Jose Quintana.
1: No, I want Viscayano because he's the best.
3: Yeah, give me Pavetta and Vizcayeno in that case. All right, I got another one. Pivetta and Nick Kingham for J.A. Say that again? Pivetta and Nick Kingham for J.A. Happ.
1: Give me the two. Um. Damn, Nick Kingham, huh? Um. Yeah, I like Nick Kingham. Yeah, I'm going with Hat. I'm going with Hat. That one is so tight, man. I know, but Happ's got – he's – Habs' ERA is a little unlucky right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because year, of those
3: like, last two starts.
1: If he stays under a 1.20 whip, like, he's going to finish the year as, like, a top pitcher. Not, like, a top, top pitcher, but he'll be up there.
3: I don't know, man. And I think mean, Kingham, though, and I think Kingham's like, kind of rolling into the, into the rotation right now, too. Yeah, he looks he's, good. Like, he's he looks working good. his way back in. He looks good. Yeah, give me the duo. It's close, though. It's close.
1: Yeah. Anything else on him or no? No. All right. But, uh, real quick, before we move on, I'm going to mention my Andrew Miller. Very, 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 very briefly. i will be super quick. Um, I had him in my notes, but I looked over him and missed, missed my opportunity. I went with Winker like an idiot. Um, with Miller, I think he's a really good buy low right now. He started off slow this year, but the Cape 9 is still up on the season at 14.44. The Babbitt is 400 against. And the numbers have been very unlucky thus far. The velo is good. Um, he was healthy coming into the year. He was healthy up until he got injured. So it's not like he was, you know, in and out of the lineup. He, he's, he's got, he had a really long, lengthy DL stint, and they're holding him out until the all-star break. So he's going to come back fresh and ready, go out and buy him. Um, he's going to be Josh Hader the rest of the way. Go buy Andrew Miller.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Um I the thing about Miller is when you're when when you're talking about a, a reliever that doesn't get saves, right? The line between elite and very good is basically, you know, must own and then you're a dime a dozen. And Miller has struggled with a couple of different ailments this year. He's at an age where he starts where, you know, pitchers start to struggle with those sorts of things. It's not unheard of. Uh, Reliever is the most volatile position um, probably in fantasy baseball. Uh, You know, guys have it one year. They're one of the best relievers in baseball and then they lose it the next year. Uh, He's had a very nice track record over the last few years, but, you know, I I I'm willing to say that like I think Miller is going to be ninety percent of what he's been, but at ninety percent of what he's been, the only value is in his name as opposed to the other players that oh, like you can get that do I, the exact same thing.
1: Uh, who Who else is giving you? I mean, besides Josh Hader, who's giving you Andrew Miller numbers out of pen? Chad like Green. It? Chad Green. Okay, but Tell that's him the fans. But that's my point. Look, who you, look who you're. These are elite mill relievers like so if you could buy this low on Miller who's been out forever and who could you're putting him still putting him on the line as Chad Green and Dylan Batansis. like Joe can you pull up some trades because then I think it, it'll make more sense like, on on Miller yeah sure
3: there were no trades when I looked the other day but I'll look again I mean I'm trying
0: to
2: think of like other relievers off the top of my head um, well there's like also like Ed, 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 Ed DeVay Ramos AJ Minter, Dan Winkler. Yeah, I was
3: uh, gonna say right. There's a lot of middle relievers that always have ridiculous years that go under the radar. I mean, isn't Outavino having a ridiculous year? Yeah,
2: Adam Outavino is another one, dominant. Um, the Red Sox have a bunch of guys that have been really, really good. Barnes, um, you know, th- it, like that's that's really my point is is that if he's if he's not at that next level, if he's not Josh Hader, like I would trade him because he's got name value, and then simply replace him in a twelve-team mixer.
1: But that's the thing; like he's been, he's been Josh Hader.
3: Yeah. So I mean, right, right now, not how, this year, Nick. Nick, in and, and our league, right? So in our home league for all all the listeners, right, we have a standard five-by-five. Actually, it's not standard. It's quality starts in K to walk. So Colin McHugh is ranked 52nd, and Hader is ranked 47th
1: overall. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, these middle relievers have a lot of – I mean, obviously, more in our league. But what I'm
3: saying is that there are a ton of middle relievers that break out that offer the value that Andrew Miller offers, that fly under the radar.
2: Especially if he's only 90% of what he was at
3: peak. Like, what's Nick ownership, Joe? It's 30%. (laughs) He's free! And Haters is 83%. Yeah,
2: Haters would be up there because he got some
3: saves and he's yeah but there are a difference in our league, there are a difference of five five spots in value. Yeah, but fifty three percent difference in ownership.
1: All right, but so now my, listen, my point in training Miller and, and trading for Miller was to pair him with Hader. and when you when you put the two together, you have like a ridiculous ace.
2: In theory, but you're counting on Andrew Miller getting back to form. And why he hasn't been-, been good?
3: Yeah, he hasn't.
2: He's got like a six walk per nine. His ERA is over four. His know, peripherals are mid
1: threes. The K's per nine are the highest they've been in years before the injury, and the BABIP is four hundred against right now.
2: Yeah, there is some room for regression, but there's
1: also problems. I don't know. He's at a if 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 he comes back as listen. But the, the question is, what are you paying for it? So you're not paying anything. You don't want him on your roster?
2: If he you was wouldn't. free, I would take a shot. But I'm not going to pay for him, no. Not in a 12-team mixer where I can go get Colin McHugh. Or, like I said, Edebay uh, Ramos or Chad Green or... Any other number, Dan Winkler, any other number of elite middle relievers that are going to offer me about ninety percent of what the preseason expectation was for Andrew Miller, because they're free. I, I, why would I pay for that?
1: It's a good point. I mean, it's a good point. I, I I think that Miller's upside is higher than all those guys, but
2: I, maybe I would, not. I, Green. Would, I would agree with you, but. I also think right now we can say that his floor is probably lower than those guys.
1: Yeah, true. The market is definitely saturated. That's that is a good point. But I like the idea of pairing uh, a Chad Green, especially a Chad Green, because when because of the high K upside, or a guy like Hader with Miller, and calling it. If you don't have a true ace, if you pair them and you have this this the the eligibility to start them both on a nightly basis, then it becomes it's an intriguing. Um, strategy.
3: Oh man, Rich Hill blowing up right now in the fifth inning. Just, just gave up a four spot, two two home runs. Yeah.
0: Mm.
3: Okay. It's one start. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just just mentioning
1: it. Nice 4-8-5 ERA right now, one 3 eight.
2: Okay. Like I said, one start. Um, All right, so we're going to move to some hot streaks. Jordan Zimmerman, over the last 30 days, 25 innings pitched, 24 Ks, 1.8 ERA, 0.72 whip, a 24 even K to 1. Ooh, ooh, wow. What is your take on this Jordan
1: Zimmerman hot streak? All right. So I picked him up for a hot minute, and I plugged him in, and he got me a really good friggin' start, but I had to cut him because it's Jordan Zimmerman. This guy's... (laughs) guy's been been gone for like the last fifteen years, and all of a sudden he's back with a vengeance. Um, so listen, I'm kind of worried because uh, like I, I, I he definitely has looked good lately. I watched his that start, and he was sharp. He did not miss the zone at all. He was throwing strikes. He looked good, but the velo is scary. He's pumping ninety one right now. Um, and I don't think he has the breaking stuff that could carry him through. Uh, you know, a 91-mile-per-hour fastball. So I'm not buying. I'm still staying away. I think he's in due to regress. Pat, I want to hear your take.
2: Well, Zimmerman, in my opinion, has taken the step that I said that Nick Pavetta needs to take, which is he's throwing the fastball under 50% of the time and throwing the slider up over 30% with a curve that's also taking a step up in usage as a result of – um, the the declining use of his fastball. And it's taking a step forward in terms of his production, I think, because the slider's been used more. Um, the swing strike rate is up over 10%. That's his highest since 2014, with a contact authority profile that matches his Washington heyday. He's got excellent control, and he's even got a low strain rate, which might be holding him back a little bit. I'm buying it for the most part. He's been battling neck issues for the last few years, so it could have simply been a combo of injury and pitch mix holding him back. And if he's corrected the pitch mix is, issue, we've got no reason to think that he's not healthy right now. So I actually buy it to some extent. Yeah.
3: Okay, so I cheated a little. And I remember you had mentioned the slider usage uh, the other day. So I dug in a little bit more. Um, and I am I came out more confused. So, um, right, you mentioned the, the pitch mix. The pitch mix, excuse me, and uh, I took a look at the slider, and the arm slot, specifically the horizontal arm slot of the pitch, has changed. But he's gone back to an arm slot on the slider that is similar to the 2010 season. In the 2010 season, he had a 10% whiff rate on the pitch. In 2014, when his arm slot was essentially completely different, like six or seven inches uh, from where it is now. It was up to 20%. This year it sits at 19%. right? So he's back to an arm slot where he didn't generate a lot of whiffs, but he's generating a lot of whiffs now. I think that the positive signs from this is that he's clearly tinkering with something. He's trying to make it work, which is a good sign. right? This is what we said about Mikel Franco coming in, that it was a good sign that he was trying new things. He eventually ended up ditching his changes. But it's good to see that Zimmerman's trying. Um, I don't know if I completely buy it, uh, based on the fact that I'm not sure if if the the pitch will ho- if the slider will hold up in with rates or not. Um, but I'm not completely out, and I think it's a good speculative ad, is what I'd say. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend rolling him out there if he starts to get a little cold, but he's a good speculative ad.
2: Yeah, and he's obviously a matchups guy. I mean, you're not going to roll him out there against the Yankees.
3: Yeah, or Boston or something. Yeah.
2: Okay, let's move to Nadia Ovaldi. Over the last 30 days, a 37.1 innings pitch, 36 Ks, a 3.38 ERA, a 0.88 whip, and a 9 even K to walk.
1: Thoughts? Whoa. We have to let you take this. Yeah,
2: yeah, you got to take this. Okay. Well, these guys will tell you that I've been crying about Eovaldi since he came off the DL because I've been adamant about him for a long time, and I do not own him in our home league, Um, despite picking him up about six different times this year, stashing him on the DL, and then having to drop him because I had to add somebody else to the DL. Um, The grounders and the velocity are obviously things that I like. The contact profile looks good, even if the grounders are down, uh, low line drive rate, low hard contact, 20-plus percent soft contact, the swing strike rate is up, and the three primary pitches are plus. The biggest change that these undergone is he's up in the zone more, as the Rays like to teach their pitchers, which likely accounts for the decreased ground ball percentage, but also probably explains how he's generating more swings and misses With the rest of his arsenal, because the um, the the higher fastball is playing better with his breaking stuff. I'm buying. I've always liked the raw tools. And now he's he's finally found an approach that seems to be working. Of course, he's got an extensive injury history, so I'd be careful not to overpay. But I think he's an asset that's likely to be traded to a better situation. There's a lot of buzz around him um, and. With that plus a new approach, yeah, I'm in.
1: Yeah, and you know what? He's he's doing this – he's having like this good a year with a 1.68 home run per nine. So if that comes down, which it should, um, you know, the, the ERA could take a nice dip and he could be really valuable going forward. I don't think that the, uh, the K rate is going to stick like over eight. I think he's more of a seven-and-a-half guy or just under seven-and-a-half. Although you said the whiff rates are up. Um, they're not high. Uh, I think the fastball is like 10. I don't have it in front of me, 10. And he has two other pitches I think that are around, like they're under 15. I think right so now he's
2: at like 10% in terms yeah, of so the overall it's hel- rate.
1: Yeah, it's healthy. Um, and like I said, I think, it, I think that'll be like around a seven, five ish type K per nine, maybe a little bit lower, but the ratio is really nice. He's not walking to anyone right now at all. Um, and like I said, if the home runs per nine come down, the, he could he could be a special player going forward. I like him.
3: Yeah, you convinced me, Pat. Um, you know, the, the Yankees worked him a little bit. Now the Rays have worked him a little bit more. Um, yeah, he got
2: the splitter from the Yankees, and now he's getting the high fastball from the Rays.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like, and he just put on a hell of a show a few days ago, so... Yeah, he's another one, a speculative ad, um, and I'd definitely rather roll the dice on Ivaldi than
1: Zimmerman. Agreed. Of of
2: them. Yeah, i definitely want Ivaldi
1: Or who? Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Who would you rather have, Ivaldi or German from the Yankees?
2: Ivaldi, because a Yeah, Ivaldi.
1: Did you see by any chance? Germain is, I think his role is done. But did oh, you no, see, no,
2: wait, Lasagna.
1: Yeah, Johnny Lasagna. Right. By any chance,
2: going to be out of a role as soon as the Yankees make a trip.
1: Okay, I'm just saying, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but his swinging strike is like the highest in baseball right now, FYI. Like, literally.
2: Yeah, he's got some nasty stuff, but he's also got.
1: Playing time issues. Playing time issues and homer
2: issues, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like him overall. I think that he's somebody that. Teams might ask for in return for whatever pitcher they get. Would not be surprised. And if he gets a chance in a ballpark that's not bad, I keep an eye on it. Yeah, definitely. All right, Kiki Hernandez. Last 30 days, eight homers, a steal, 17 runs, 15 RBIs, 295, over 1,000 OPS. What are your
1: thoughts on Kiki Hernandez? Yo, all right. So, first of all, I am. So first of all, I didn't see him in the outline, right? Okay. And literally last night or the night before, I'm watching the Dodgers game, and he is possibly the best eye test guy in baseball. Like I was watching him, I'm like, wow, this guy is really good. And then I was like, wait a second, that's Kiki Hernandez. Um, <laughs> so like he's all over the place. He's like a gritty player. He's just like fast in the outfield. He's always diving for balls. He's always dirty um and he has a really nice swing he generates a lot of bat speed um but there are some issues with Kiki first of all we've seen this in the past we've seen the hot streak come to a screeching halt last year remember that one week when he was like the best player in baseball and then he became the worst player in baseball um but here's the thing this year I, I, I like I looked at him a little bit deeper and I'm like I don't know. This guy could be kind of good. First of all, he's walking 11% of the time. He doesn't really strike out. The batting is 238 right now in the year. And he's on pace for like 30 home runs with an average that, uh, after looking at his numbers, I think should be more around like 250 than 234. So if he hits 30 and he's floating around 250, he's more than ownable. He's valuable. <clears throat> um, and if he finds uh, an everyday role in this lineup, the counting stats are going to be there because the lineup is obviously good. Now with Pooey out, that's going to open up. Um, so, yeah, I would go out and buy him. Um, I like him. I like him. So
3: there's definitely something here specifically in the launch angle. He's up to a career-high 19.3-degree launch angle on 134 batted balls. The barrel percentage is at a very healthy 11.7% 2 With tons of eligibility, like his teammate Max Muncy, and the real signs of changes here, he's definitely a good guy to ride out. I just don't know how much staying power it has, though, as his hard contact percentage is less than 30%, and the average exit velo is only 87.2 miles per hour. Um, So he might have been a little bit lucky in the home run department, and he'll probably hurt you in batting average leagues, but now with Puig getting hurt... um, Hernandez is going to be slotted into even more playing time. So there's a little bit of realness to this and a little bit of hot streak to this, I think, is my take.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. I think that, you know, and and the Babbitt reflects the fly balls, right? So the fly balls are up to 52.2% from 39% last year. That's obviously reflected in the launch angle. And the Babbitt right now sits at 250. So. There might be some bad luck involved, but he's going to be a batting average risk, um, and he can hurt you there. Um, the homer to fly ball rate, 17.9% right now, um, career 13%. So it's a little higher, but it's not completely, uh, you know, out of this world fluky. So I, I think that the the power surge is somewhat for real. You know, the Dodgers have a track record of this sort of thing with Muncie, with Chris Taylor, with Justin Turner. Um, it's pretty obvious that, that this is something that they're preaching or, you know, guys are going and talking to Turner and maybe Muncie now and maybe Taylor now and trying to figure out what it is that they did and trying to replicate it. Um, I agree with you, Joe. I think this is a situation where maybe you write it out and if you see, you know, three, 0 four, oh for 0-4-4s in a row, um, you move on. I'm especially skeptical because they've been linked to Manny Machado. And when Machado comes back, or if they were to get Machado, or we talked about Brian Dozier earlier, or Scooter Jeanette, or whoever it is, it, it, he's the guy that first goes to the bench. He's the guy that is the utility guy, so the playing time could evaporate kind of quickly. Um, do not mind it as a hot streak um, guy, but I think he's got the least amount of staying power um, from the guys we talked about tonight. Uh, as, you know, the three hot streak guys we've talked about um, because of the playing time. Okay, that'll move it to Marco Gonzalez, who over the last 14 days has a 1.2 ERA, 15 Ks, uh, excuse me, 15 innings pitched, 14 Ks, 0.87 whip, 7.0 K to walk. And for the season, 106 innings pitched, 94 Ks, a 3.64 ERA, a 1.22 whip, and a 4.27 K to walk. So he's been very good this year. Uh, Not a guy a lot of people were talking about. What are your thoughts on
3: Marco Gonzalez? People still aren't talking about him. Like, I I don't know about you guys, but I have not seen a lot of chatter about Marco Gonzalez.
2: The only thing that I will say is, is I drafted Marco Gonzalez in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational.
3: Yeah, but you didn't know he had a new cutter, did you? So
2: I was, I was on this. No, but I was buying the velocity. Okay. Um, and the velocity kind of went away. So
1: yeah, he's pumping like 90 right now. Um, so I'm not really a fan. Um, the swing and miss, miss is just not there. Uh, he made a tweak to his pitch mix, and now he's throwing the changeup more than ever. Um, I think it's not as successful because it's a much better a secondary pitch than a than a first pitch. Um. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, the, the 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 cutter is generating a lot of sw- swinging miss, which is really nice for a new pitch already at 12.4%. But that's his highest swing and miss pitch and 124 is not a lot. He's not going to generate strikeouts. I expect the, everything to go up. Pitch. Uh, everybody's making contact and going further. They're going to make more contact. We're going to see the ERA and the whip go up. I
2: wonder if he got the cutter from Paxton.
3: I don't know where he got it from, but clearly it's the key to his success, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, adding another pitch, you can get righties out better. You can you have a pitch that tails away from left, same-handed lefties. I mean, yeah, th- this is pretty simple to me. Yeah, well,
2: it makes he, it makes the whole package work.
1: And he he junked the four-seamer last year. The league batted three sixty-four against it. So
3: well, I mean, good. this is like simple. This is like simple arithmetic, right? You yeah. have a pitch that goes really straight. Or you can have a pitch that moves that is similar to the pitch that goes really straight. I mean, you'd, if you can control the pitch that moves, you'd obviously want that one. So.
2: Yeah, and, but, and, and there's now three pitches that look the same.
3: Yeah, that's you've a got good point. You've got your point. straight
2: fastball. You've got your cutter, which is the variation on the fastball that moves, you know, mostly horizontal. And then you've got your changeup, which drops off the table.
3: He, doesn't he also dabble with a sinker, too? Or am I mistaken?
2: Uh, I'm, I might not be. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not sure what his primary fastball is. Okay, maybe it's a sinker, too. I don't know. Um, but, yeah,
0: you know,
2: I don't think he's as good as he's been in the first half. Even with all that we've talked about, Um, you know, big picture, I think he's like a somewhere between a 4 ERA and like a 3-8 guy. I'll even expand the, the downside. Let's say it's like a 4-2 to 3-8 guy. Um, but he has he has put together the innings in the first half, which is a very positive sign for a guy that hasn't always done it. I, I do think that he's got enough control that he can limit his own damage. Um, you know, guys, he is a guy that's going to sport a plus bab up against because the fastball is very straight. So he is going to give up some hits, but as long as he can keep the walks in check, I think he's going to be okay. I think he'll be a nice, solid inning source um, at the back of a rotation. I wouldn't buy him at the level he's currently at, but I don't think that he's going to regress to like a five ERA or anything like that in the second half.
1: Guys? Yeah. Um, We spoke about him already.
2: (laughs) Well, I just thought I wanted... Thoughts on what I was
1: saying. I, mean, <laughs> I I I like like I said, I don't think he's gonna be that good. I could see the ERA going over four easily and the lip's gonna be over one point three and the ratios will stay strong as he doesn't he does have good control, but not enough swing and miss in his game for me to own him. I need more swing and miss.
2: And Joe, where are you in terms of like ERA projection?
1: Yeah, I'm um, really interested in Marco Gonzalez. As, I am. I, uh, think that he's, I think he's interesting.
2: I, we haven't talked about him. I think he's worth talking yeah, about. Yeah,
3: he's interesting. I mean, he's got... He doesn't really have any signs to me that there's, like, huge, serious regression in the sense that I, I think he's making the new pitch work in the pitch mix. So, uh, where was he at now? Like, a 3-4? Like, right now? He's at a 3-6 on the season. 3-6. Yeah, so i probably take... Three eight five, three nine. Yeah, okay, so you're in the ballpark with me, Nick's a little lower. Yeah.
2: Okay, that'll bring it to our final guy, Stephen Piscotti, podcast favorite. Last thirty days, sixteen runs, seven homers, twenty RBIs, an even three hundred average, and an OPS, a tick below one thousand. What are we thinking about Stephen Piscotti's recent ah. surge? the Italian
1: cookies. Italian cookies. He's, yeah. cookies. he's back. Um, well, I love him. I mean, obviously I'm going to go nuts over him right now. But, listen, he's an extremely skilled hitter. And now with the power, he becomes extremely intriguing. If he could mix together the power and the average, he's very interesting. That Oakland A's team is very good. Um, they're going to make a real run this year. And um, – I'm excited to see what he can do the rest of the way. I think he's going to see that that average go from 258, which is where it's at right now, uh, to be something like a 280-plus average. Um, And I think that the pace out, like right now he paces out for about 22 or 23 home runs. Um, I think he'll get to 25, and he's going to be useful. Uh, I like Biscotti a lot.
0: Joe?
3: Yeah, I mean – it's nice to see the pop coming back. Um, you know, it's something that kind of went away last year. Obviously, he had some tough times going on. Um, I I agree with Nick that I think he's a way better hitter than whatever he's batting like two fifty, 250, two fifty five right now. I expect it to go up to like two eighty or so. And if he can keep the pop going, I mean, he's a nice little play. He's like he's like a poor man's David Peralta right now because Peralta's got runs and RBIs where. Piscotty doesn't have much of that, and I don't think the the power upside is much higher than something like twenty, twenty one, twenty two home runs. He's just a nice little player that that you can fill in. Hey, hey, hey. I'll be calling him a nice little player. Well, right? That's what he is. But he, we love him. But that's what he is essentially in a fantasy setting. Am I wrong?
2: I I do think if he underwent a swing change, there's more power
3: upside. Yeah, it's probably a lot like Jelich in a sense. Yeah, I could
2: see like high 20s to 30 homers in the bat if he really sold out for the fly balls. Um, But I mean, even in this recent stretch, he's gone about 5% to fly balls and uh, the homers have come. So and and that's at a level where he doesn't necessarily have to sell out for the power, you know, where, you know, some guys have to sell out for the power and, and they hit all fly balls and then the average goes crap. Um, Piscotti might be a guy because he makes such good contact uh a ball contact authority that he might only need a slight shift um in terms of launch angle to really tap into useful power and then become like a 285, 290, 25 homer bat. Um, you know, he's got 40% hard contact. So it, it it is a profile that if there is a slight shift, there could be some big time results. Um, you know, I think he's an ideal fill in. I think Joe's right at this point, you know, 12 team mixer, he's, um, uh, sort of a, an injury fill in bench guy. Um, But I would keep my eye on this because if he can maintain the fly ball gains, he could be in line for a big second half. Okay, and that wraps it up for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week. Guys, let them know where they can find you.
1: Uh, You could find me at Nick. Well, if you could find me. It's going to be hard to find me, to be honest. (laughs) That's that's true. You know what? If If you could go back to 2017, you'll find me. Uh, but I am on Twitter at Nick FWO, and you know what? I'm gonna tweet tomorrow something real special. Go follow me. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet something real special.
3: You can find me at Joe FWO. Ask us questions. Give us suggestions for what you'd like to hear on the podcast. We are more than open to listening to suggestions and questions. Hit us up.
2: Yep. Uh, I echo what Joe said, and you can find me on Twitter at PatrickFWO. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next week.
0: Peace out. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the – Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back.